0: Block Talk Radio
1: There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, If you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow High school boys into NFL or professional men, and it's just beautiful.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. It's 6 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. That's time for an all-new Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich Yelvin, alongside Eugene Benton, coming to you live right here, right outside of Charleston, South Carolina, in a small town called Somerville at the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios for a five-star show with a guest list. I mean, a very attractive guest list tonight that's going to join us to talk anything from the little guys, to the high school Friday night lights and yep we'll do some Saturday showdown conversation tonight as well. So that means college football has hit the menu tonight and it is going to be a stellar show from the beginning all the way to the end. Of course you can follow us on social media over there at SO Sports Central. That's on Twitter and then on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Of course I'm Rich Yelman. You bring in Mr. Eugene Benton himself here. Uh, Eugene, I know you're down there at Studio B in North Charleston over at Park Circle. Up here, it's raining, by the way. It is uh, a wet day uh, in evening after a hot one throughout the day, buddy.
3: Yeah, no doubt,
2: man. It's, uh, it's actually quite sunny here. We haven't had any
4: rain. Um, I checked the radar and all that, but uh, I got something that's burning to ask you because I just saw it, man, and it's something I know. You know, when we get the show going, I kind of want to start it off with a bang here. And, I mean, because let's face it, other than the, uh, the Stratford head coach, who's my neighbor, uh, not, not many people out there are interested in the weather report. So talk to us uh, or tell me what's going on with uh, your alma mater, man. Someone trying to uh, petition to get rid of
2: the mascot or what? Man, I tell you, so this broke out like five minutes before we got on the air. I, of course, uh, and an alumni of Stockist High School. We're the home of the Braves, and it looks like, some of the younger kids uh, possibly uh, currently in the high school ranks are trying to do away with the mascot. They don't like that. It's a brave. They say it's a mockery that someone puts on the headgear and uh, becomes a brave for a night, if you will. And and again, I have to, I don't know if the word tiptoe around this lightly is the right word, but I just don't understand it. I I think, Uh, there's so much here and I haven't really had a chance to kind of put my thoughts together. And I have to make sure that I, I I want to speak from my heart, but I also want to make sure that I'm respectful to the situation. I I respect the young individuals who have put this petition together. And and again, uh, you know, you you got the Atlanta Braves, right? Even uh, you got the Sockersley Braves down the road from Sockersley, the Wando, the, the, of course, uh, the Walk Warriors, the Wando Warriors, you know, so, uh, you, you wonder, you knew that this was going to probably start to filter down into the high school realm, and it has now, of course, in my alumni. I hope and pray. And, again, you know, my mother is Irish. My father is an Indian. Um, you know, there's the background to who I am, right? There's a little bit of uh, history on me. Uh, and, and I just I, – I hope and pray that there's some thought process to this and there's more conversation to this. Uh, I know there's a petition to uh, remove the name, the mascot, if you will. And there's now been a mask, uh, a petition to keep the name and the mascot, if you will. So, you know, uh, it's, it, it's, a very touchy conversation. I understand it. If you know the history of Socrates, uh the, the, of course, uh, the Braves is, um, is something that's very close in multiple ways uh, to uh, to that school for multiple reasons, by the way. So, uh, you know, that's, again, Eugene, uh, that, that again, will be something I'm sure that, that multiple high schools have or will or, or maybe have to face as these kids come back to school. And a lot of movements have uh, been uh, proactive to move certain things. You've seen statues moving uh, across the country, not just in Charleston, but across the country. You've seen names off of buildings that have happened. Uh, again, a lot of things are happening. And, and I understand 99.9999 of it all. I'm not sure if I'm on board with this one. And, again, we'll wait and see, you know, what happens. But you're an outsider. You're, you're not one that's close to the situation, Eugene. From somebody who didn't go to soccer, see, who uh, you went to, uh, I believe, what Colleton High School or, or back then it was probably Baltimore High School. Uh, what's your thoughts on something like this? When you see a movement trying to remove a mascot at the high school level or any level, uh, quite frankly, like you saw the Redskins, now they're just the uh, Washington football team.
3: Yeah,
4: and and my high school were the Bulldogs back then. They're the Cougars now. Um, You know, and and like you mentioned, you just go up and down the coast there. was starting at Wando and go up to uh, the Waccamaw Warriors. Then you got the, you know, Soxy Braves. You got the North Myrtle Beach. They're the Chiefs. You got um, Terrell. They're the Braves. Um, You know, I understand the culture, you know, that some things hurt people's feelings. Um, I, I don't always, I don't agree with all the statute removals and I say all of them. That means I don't agree with all being removed. I, I agree with some of them, um, being moved to a different location, so to, so to speak. But me personally, like when it comes to, you know, it, it seems like there's a canceled culture of everything that hurts everybody's feelings. And there's a a coach that told me once and another person later in life actually echoed the same statement. And I was kind of like, wow, I heard that 25 years ago. Is that nobody cares about your feelings? Nobody does. And right, I, I just feel like as a society, as a culture, now we're drifting towards caring about everybody's feelings about every little thing. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what about your feelings. People care like when you get out in the real life, real world, they only care about what you produce, whether you in sales. You know, the sales manager doesn't care about what you – how you vote or what you do. They care about how much you produce because it's the bottom line to a company. So I just – the more and more I, I look at this cancel culture, the more it kind of gets under my skin because, like I guess in my personal view is, you know, people just don't care about your feelings. Now, we should in some instances – I mean, obviously, let's say, for example, someone loses a loved one. Sure, I, I want to feel empathetic for them. It hurts. I've lost loved ones. I wouldn't want someone to gloat at my face. Um but when it comes to a lot of just issues of I don't like something, so let's just everybody has to cancel it for everybody else because I don't like it, I just think that's being a little petty. Um, but when it, I mean, you, there's many high schools. I, this is just, you know, we just named, you know, five to 10 off the top of our heads just on the eastern part right. of South Carolina. You know, I mean, do we go around the country and change everybody's mascot? You know, there are probably people who say the Bulldogs should be canceled because, you know, they're associated with dog fighting. Is that fair? Right. I mean, is that right? So now Georgia Bulldogs have to change their mascot. Other Bulldogs, South Carolina State, they have to change their mascot because Bulldogs have been associated with dog fighting. I mean, I just I think we're getting way overboard with
2: this cancel culture of you know changing things like that. In my opinion. Well, you know, it, and again, you know, what we we understand this uh, that, that we here at Southern Sports Central, first of all, you know, we're we're an open-minded group of guys and girls here. And uh, this is just something, again, I haven't had a chance to process this, per se, uh, off the rip. And I'll get back to this conversation maybe a little later. Maybe even have the principal of Saucosti come in here, uh, Mr. Rich, uh, join me. And uh, he'll have maybe the conversation if he's open to do that. Uh, and maybe if there's somebody down there that's, that's part of this tribe. This is a tribe, by the way, in the, the circle of Saucosti. Okay, this is not just something they decided that they picked up the name the Braves because somebody was a Braves fan and thought this would be a great idea. There's some history behind this. And, and again, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll, we'll talk to somebody, and we'll try to do some uh, due diligence to find a former football player that, that's maybe connected to this situation a little bit closer so that we can kind of connect all the dots. But, you know, as of now, we'll table this conversation into the future. But, again, you know, that was something that came across the uh, the, the world of social media And, uh, you know, I applaud these young folks for, for being a little bit more outgoing than what I've seen in the past. Uh, You know, we, we've had some of our guys come in here and they uh, former, you know, their current football high school players having names on the buildings change of schools and things. And I think that's great. I do feel that that's a great thing for certain reasons, but, you know, we'll we'll wait and see, uh, you know, how this thing pans out. We'll get into this here uh, a little bit later uh, in uh, maybe next week. Now, that being said, we do have a caller. So if you're, over there, calling from the eight four three. Hold on, we're going to come to you after a quick break. But I want to give you the rundown for tonight's show, and it is a loaded show. As I mentioned, Jay Williams, as always, at seven. Excuse me, at six thirty, will join us right here on Southern Sports Central. He is the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. I was there this past weekend as they were over at Gahagan in a uh, a jamboree setting, socially as distant as they could be, Uh, of course, the fans were spread out a good bit, but a good time indeed, and it looked like it turned out very successful. This weekend, I think they hit the roads and they go up to Columbia to play in a jamboree up in that side of the world, and then the weekend after that, they play in a jamboree, maybe down in North Charleston, and then it's go time, and that's when Southern Sports Central comes to play because we will do a game of the week on Saturday where we will get it between the lines, and we will cover it from the first to the fourth, And everything in between there, and of course, we'll have a player of the game, a cheerleader of the game, and an academic athlete of the game. And it would be great if these uh, individuals were also the players of uh, the event as well. So we'll have that conversation at 6.30. And then at 7.30, uh, we'll take the bus up to Columbia, where we'll check in with the first lady from the South Carolina High School Blitz. And, of course, uh, that's Miss V. She'll be joining us here at 730. We're talking high school football with Miss V. Of course, uh, recruiting will come to mind. She does a lot of great things. Uh, As you guys know, we've partnered with the High School Blitz back in January and in February. We're taking it up another notch here with a big announcement coming up. We're going to be doing uh, a bowl game, a uh, senior bowl down here in Charleston, sponsored by uh, them and us. And it's going to be an incredible event where it will be – not just the guys here in the low country. It'll be everybody in the lower state, the seniors taking on the best seniors in the upstate to be announced the location, but that's coming up to be soon here on Southern sports central. You will also be able to hear the broadcast right here with us as well. We're also going to have a junior bowl. So for the underclassmen, hold on tight. We're going to be doing a junior bowl, originally slated for the city of Columbia. We'll wait and see if that stands. If not, maybe we'll bring that one to the coast and uh, have that one, as well, right here in the Low Country, and that's again, guys. The Low Country, a lot of times, does a lot of riding, does a lot of driving, and uh, I'm trying to do all I can to bring some things here. We've got great food, great uh, amenities, and uh, an incredible atmosphere for those who want to travel and watch the games or be a part of the games and then something to do when the game is not being played. So we'll talk to Ms. B a little bit about all of that. Of course, we're both taking that road trip up to the Charlotte area on Saturday to be a part of the Carolina Experience Showcase with the guys doing part two. We'll broadcast live. There's going to be possible a few other things that are going to come at you live as well, but we'll be focusing on the athletes. We'll talk to the athletes as we did last time we were there about a month ago And we'll get a lot of one-on-one opportunities. I've got camera guys from Southern Sports Central going to be there. We'll get some live footage. We'll also be putting it out on our social media outlets at So Sports Central on Twitter and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. So that conversation, talking high school with the guys, or excuse me, the first lady over there with the high school blitz going to happen at 730 with Miss V. And then at 8 o'clock, we head to Atlanta, Georgia, where we're going to talk college football for the final hour here on Southern Sports Central. Of course, we'll hang out with the guys with 24-7 sports. That is Ben Moore. He also represents and covers Georgia State football. If you did not hear, they did send one of their players home. He's a quarterback, by the way, and he's from the state of South Carolina. He is uh, a state champion. He was the player of the year, Gatorade player of the year. And uh, we'll talk about him. And what happened, of course? Well, he was, I guess, um ended up getting the corona or the COVID nineteen or what have you, however they want to go with it and send him home, come to find out he's got a heart issue. So this is a little bit more serious than it would have been had he not had this and I don't think he knew the ad situation until this situation arose. But we'll get more into that at eight o'clock. We'll kind of table that conversation. But we're also going to talk to Ben about his job at 24-7 Sports. So for those who are trying to figure out, if you're a senior, junior, or sophomore, freshman, you're trying to figure out what do you need to do to get the guys at 24-7 Sports to rank you, to find you, he's going to give you all the headlines. He's going to give you all the information. He's going to be a little cheat sheet of what you need to be doing today so that they can recognize you as early as tomorrow. So like I said, that's the guest list tonight. Of course, the phone lines are going to be open throughout tonight's show, and we want to hear from the players. If you're a high school, college football player, you got a few minutes, call in, talk to us, tell us where you're at, where do you play, what position, et cetera. Get in on the action tonight. Of course, if you're a coach, same goes for you. If you're a fan or even a mom or a dad, we'd like to kind of have a few words with you tonight as well. So of course, we'd love to have that opportunity to have some of these conversations, and you can do that by calling one three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. That's a number to call in here, hang out with us, talk to us about a little bit of football. Like I mentioned, we're gonna take a little quick little intermission here. We come back, I'm going to the phone lines. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Richie Altman, Eugene Benton, Southern Sports Central coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. You can, correspond the factory located over there in Hanahan, South Carolina, at 5913 Loftus Road, Hanahan, South Carolina. The number to call the guys and girls is 843-573-7391. So now we head over to the tent farm hotlines, and at the 843 we go, and we say good afternoon. Welcome to Southern Sports Central. What's up, my brother from another witchy?
5: It's the Godfather.
2: The Godfather has impressed man, I wish I had your intro set up, brother. Uh, of course uh no, that was, hey, I that haven't was heard your intro. voice in a while, you know, man. What's hey, up? What's happening in that episode? I'm a Patriots
5: fan. I'm a, Patri- I'm a Patriots fan.
2: Come on, that was <laughs> a good intro.
5: You know, I saw on Facebook you wanted to have a five star show and I was thinking, you know, you can't have a five star show without the Godfather. So You're right about that. I like it. I like um, it, man. Right. Few What's questions up? for you. All these governors are saying, you know, no tailgating. What do you think? One, what do you think um McMaster's going to say? Two, what do you think the um, um you know the um capacity for Carolina and going to be? And mm-hmm. three, do you think it's going to be a full season? All
2: like, right, so go to I'm number like, Let's let's like go to number 2 right. first.
5: So that, I'll get number you know, two first. first. So you. it going to the whole season?
2: Well, say so number two was your question of capacity, or, or how many is going to be in the stands. Mm-hmm. I, I just saw before we came on the air, 25% in Columbia, williams Bryce Stadium. That is the number that they're going to go with. Now, here's the question of that is who becomes that 25%? And I would imagine moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandmas are going to be the first wave of those allowed in. Is the band yeah. going to be in the stands? You know, do they count a part of that 25%? Does the media count mm. amongst that number two? So there's, there's a lot of questions there. Godfather, you know, so so the questions that you have, I answer you with another question or five. But you know, uh, does the season happen? I think the SEC is going to do everything in their power, and here's here's where college has an upper hand on high school, and that they can monitor to some degree, at least the athletes. They can put them in a bubble if they will, and, and really kind of handle business the way it needs to be handled. I think that you've seen some success stories after LSU's debacle and a few other colleges. Uh, showed a, a few positive numbers there. They've kind of flatlined a little bit, if you will. So I, I do believe that the season happened, Godfather. But, but, you know, as far as um, colleges as, colleges as far as Clemson, I don't know. I haven't heard uh, – Eugene, have you heard anything about Clemson's numbers coming out?
4: No, other than they've sent out emails to the MT members asking them to, quote, unquote, redshirt their tickets if they want to do that.
5: See, that scares me. Because they're asking them if you want to show but they're not giving our plan. Like, like, as in we're not gonna like their plan.
2: <laughs> hey, you're the Godfather. Don't they got you on speed dial? I know. You know what? So, guys, just so you got. <laughs> I need to, to call godfather, them up, godfather. I need to call from that, uh, You know. You need to call Dabo. Get him on the phone because uh, for, so the just, Godfather. But, but runs that, the uh, – Go ahead.
5: Reading that made me think maybe we won't like their plans, and that's why they're asking us to retro before they announce the plans. I don't.
2: Personally, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they really care what you think, guys. I mean, I mean, I just, that's just me. I, I think they want to make you feel special, right? They want to give you the Hallmark card. But realistically, they're going to do what's best for them. It's about to play us. It's about to
5: play us. It's, it's
2: about to yeah. play us. It's cool. All right, so, so here's the number 10 here. 10 We're getting 10. some information. So, Clemson has come out and said 20%. So, while uh, South Carolina said 25 Clemson says twenty. Uh, you know, th- there there's a number that was just sent to us via a text message uh, from from somebody on the inside. So when you when you think about it, there, Godfather, twenty percent. I mean, you were laid up in a hospital after a really serious accident, and between the good Lord and Dabo Sweeney, I think you were you were healed. Uh, you know, pretty quickly, and, and you're back on yeah, your feet. Dabo, it looks like down Dabo there on Edisto, on but D- Dabo did call you <laughs> on Christmas Day. <laughs> on Christmas Day. <laughs> I tell you, man, it just gets better and better. I got to get down to Edisto, and I'm trying to get close to Tom to uh, quit buying houses and having vacations and kids. But when he quits doing all that crazy stuff, maybe he and me, and I'll bring Eugene down, and we'll have a nice time down there on Edisto. How's life down there with the everything going on, brother? Um,
5: You know, it's just it's been slow. You know, it's slowing down a lot now because, you know, schools are back in. But, um, you know, it's kind been all season of the whole COVID thing. hmm
2: no, that slows you down. You, of course, I see you making stickers and, uh, you know, doing the cubby, good. by the way, you, you guys have never seen his video. That. He's pretty famous down there in Edison. I need to send you a sticker Richie. You need to bring me a sticker. Don't send me nothing, brother. Get in that truck and come on down to Somerville or meet me half. Well, you're always at West Ashley, by the way. I, I see you posting it, brother. You just let me know when you're going to be in the, the West of the Ashley over there and I'll meet you. We'll grab something to eat and I get that sticker. And, uh, Maybe I'll do that ice fucking challenge that you put up to me about oh, eight yeah, years, ago. Five years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> man, so what's your thoughts on Clemson, man? I mean, you guys, uh, let me ask you a question as a fan and, and a guy that I have a lot of respect for when it comes to being a fan. When, when it comes down to it, Godfather, the SEC says we're going to play our schedule. Says, well, we're going to play our schedule, but then we're going to pick up the Citadel didn't really help your Here's strength of schedule, th- and it's going to cost you guys money to play a team like that. What, what's the benefit of you guys playing a team like the Citadel in a season that really you might want to have that strength of schedule up?
5: Here's my thing on this. You know, the SCC says we're not playing nobody but the SCC. There's no state or government law saying that Clemson Carolina can't play. I say meet or new troops, scrap strap the helmets, and just play. Gentleman's game.
2: Right. I don't think it's going to happen because the SEC says no. <laughs> and the SEC has kind of. The they got a pretty so. big hammer. There is no law saying they can't play. You're exactly right. But what benefit
5: does it have? need
2: to behind, just hike the ball. You hike the ball, yeah. Well, why do they got to meet at Greenville? Can't they just come down to Charleston, neutral ground? We don't need to be up in the Greenville or Columbia. We can bring them down. You know, I got a buddy down there in North Augusta, man. They got a They got some turf field down there that needs some football going on. So maybe they go there. But what's your. Cost to we go to Somerville. Yeah, there you go. Um, hey, Somerville.
5: Citadel, I mean, it's not a big pickup, but we were banking on Carolina, and then the SEC messed that up. So I think we had a scramble for something because we were banking on that. We had to scramble to pick up the Citadel. But, you know it was Why the don't you minute. drink
2: Right. But why didn't the ACC do like the SEC and, and schedule all those kind of games and just make it 100% ACC matchup, put Clemson and North Carolina together? I did see you picked up, you know, some pretty tough games. You got Notre because Dame this they, year, we'll, and we're not sure which Notre Dame SEC. you got
5: we're going to let the in states rivals, like North Carolina, and Right. Like, you know, because, like, um, some of the like, I can't think of some more, like, I'm trying to think of ACC and ACC rivals. Like, there's a lot right. of the S C C A C ACC rivals every year play. And I think the ACC was banking on the ACC to say, we'll play the ACC. I
2: think they kind of, yeah, well – you know, and, and I get a lot of arguments on it. I'm going to say for the Gamecocks, uh, minus Clemson dropping off the schedule, you know, it actually got tougher. You know, let's be honest. I mean, you know, they're not playing <laughs> some of the smaller schools. Financially, they're not writing bigger checks, right? I mean, you know, so financially they're going to save more thought, money
5: too. That the toughest schedule in the country is probably out to be Florida State because they got to play Clemson now. I mean, could they add a tough, tougher teams to their schedule?
2: Could they? State doesn't play in the ACC anymore? Is that what you just told me? No. that breaking? They They do. Who they, do they play play? You the said ACC. a tougher schedule. I heard you mention a tougher because schedule. Because they, said, they, they said that
5: since the ACC, you know, isn't playing out – I mean, the SEC won't play the ACC, and the ACC yeah. had to add conference games, that mm-hmm. the Florida State has gotten the toughest ACC schedule with the new schedule. Oh, end. the
2: toughest ACC schedule. Got you. Okay. I thought you said the toughest schedule, period, like in the country. And I was no. thinking to myself, holy Man. I don't know. Don't subscribe to that site. That, that's gotta be, uh, That's got to be fake news because <laughs> that's not good. And uh, So, Godfather, before I cut you loose, brother, and first of all, man, it's good to have you back. I got to get you and Tony you. and, you know, we'll get old time back in here and we'll get the band back up and running here uh, this season. That's a guarantee. And SoCon John. But, uh, and SoCon John, yeah. Yeah, we got Eugene, man. We're doing mean things around here, man. So that being said, let me ask you, I know you're a Patriots fan. One last thing. Brady and Gordon, what's what do that, you think? think what's up that with Brady, man? Are, are, are you still loving on the Brady train, or are you jumping on Cam Newton and doing your thing and dabbing up there in New England?
5: Um, I'm not dabbing. I'm not happy <laughs> on that. Some people might get me for this, but I think Cam Newton's washed up. Uh-oh. I, I think he's passed his prime. And I
2: bet you won't tell him that.
5: I would tell him that. <laughs> and I will always be a Gronk and Tom Brady fan, but I'm not. Won't be a Bucks fan, but I'll be a fan of the place.
2: Oh, there you go. So you're. So what does because that of mean? All you wear names, like a okay, shirt it, it, that looks names. like Tampa Bay, but it just says those two names on the back, or how does this work, Godfather?
5: I just hope they do good. And my go. worst nightmare would be Tampa Bay and New England in the
2: Super Bowl. You got to worry about that. that, that that's that. That's not happening. They're <laughs> in so, the same You I mean,
5: could
2: happen. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah a- one's AFC, one's NFC. I mean, anything's yeah. possible. That doesn't mean it's okay. possible. I like, you yeah, know, optimism is a good thing. I mean, you just, you know, who who knows, man? Maybe, maybe. Damn. Maybe Brady North has Carolina a has a stellar season.
5: Brady had a lot to prove. Gronk has a lot to prove. And Belichick does too, because they want to prove that they can win. Like Brady wants to prove he can win without Belichick. Belichick wants to prove he can win without Brady.
2: Hmm. And Grunk doesn't care. You know? Grunk's just out here hanging out with his buddies. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think Grunk gives a crap what he
3: Grunk, does. I, think. Grunk, I mean, Grunk, after watching
2: Grunk him slam down, down that thing from, on New Year's Eve, he's just trying to Grunk ball out. Did the, the phone. phone
5: call from um, from Brady asking him to come play? <laughs> That's all. Going to pick up the phone call from Tom Brady.
2: Right. All right, so last thing, and I got to get going, man. I got to go to commercial and bring in a uh, guest at six thirty, big guy. But uh, would Clemson go undefeated, win the national championship. Are you going to go ahead and give them the crown, or who's your biggest fear when it comes to this year and and having a very awkward, uncomfortable yet a, at least hopefully a full season? Um, there's
5: one thing that the ACC added this year, and that is the Fighting
2: Irish. Do you think Notre
5: okay. Dame could win the ACC title?
2: I don't know what team shows up. You know, that's the thing. They're the most – they're like yeah. an inconsistent, you know, you just don't and know what you're going to get
5: out them. It's clemson Notre Dame. I oh, would love to go to South Bend, but I don't know. That's a long trip.
2: Yeah, but you guys never – well, first of all, where are you going to go, sit in a bar, sit in the church? I mean, because you're not going to be in – I mean, well, you are the godfather. I mean, you probably could get in there. But uh, it doesn't look like they're going to have a whole lot of fans and fans in there. So, that being said, yeah. you guys don't have a problem getting up for the big games. I mean, the only game that I thought really, honestly, North Carolina was a big game, and, and they were, what, a play or two away from possibly upsetting you guys. But you still came through a, and you
5: a, won a that game. Corner, I, think. I think it was a missed point.
3: Right. So, no, they but normally it's they littler they the littler games that you guys struggle with.
5: The they went for the finish right. of the tie and got stopped when the one.
2: Yeah. And I don't think I do that. And we're not going to get much into that cubby, man. I appreciate you, real quick. I got to cut you loose and go to break, brother. But hey, look, we're live Sunday, hey. Tuesdays, and Thursdays. And uh, we'll add a few shows hey. here coming up. So make sure you get back in here.
5: Richie, thank you nope. for taking my call and Godfather out.
2: There you go. Look at there, ladies and gentlemen, all the way in Edisto Beach, South Carolina, home of the Godfather. That's the cubby down there on the Edisto. We got to go to break. We come back. We're heading from Edisto Beach to somewhere between. Well, Woodland and Somerville. Woodland, of course, up in Dorchester, South Carolina, guys. Here's some motivation for you before we bring in the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams. Guys, don't go anywhere.
6: Somebody say, E, what's your alarm clock? My passion. My dreams wake me up. I don't need no alarm clock. I'm going to bed. Pissed. I got to go to bed. Some of you going to sleep and you don't deserve to be. You don't deserve rest lazy you don't deserve rest rest is for people who work you ain't doing nothing every day you chilling you need to know your why and my why wakes me up every single morning
1: why do you do what you do
6: why do you do what you do and that's so important look ain't no more talking this is it if you ready to take your game to the next level in whatever it is, sports, life, business, whatever it is, else, listen to me very closely. You got to change that mindset. Somebody came up to me. They said, E.T., man, I'm tired, E.T. I'm tired, E.T. I put in the work, E.T. I'm not seeing the results, E.T. I'm ready to give up, E. am ready to give in, E. I did what you told me to do. I read the book you told me to read. I put in the hours you told me to put in. I'm doing it and I'm not seeing anything. My why is every single day when I wake up, every minute of the day, every hour of the day, I have an opportunity. Somebody who quit, somebody who gave up, somebody who stopped in life, I have the power at my nickname, the refresher. I have the power as the refresher to make you believe again, to make you get up when you got up three times and you say, I'm not getting up no more. When you get to the point where enough is enough, when you get to the point where it hurt real bad, when you get to the point you can't take it no more, when you get to that point, I'm telling you, I can't explain it to you. But doors start opening. Opportunities start happening. But what you cannot do is you cannot quit doing the process. Why? 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 I'm about to wrap this thing up. Listen to me. You can't make a difference. Until you make a decision.
2: And welcome back, everybody. There, of course, uh, some motivation for you here on a Thursday afternoon. I'm going to bring Eugene back in. We're waiting on the commissioner. I know he's been very, very busy. He wears multiple hats around uh, the low country uh, here with us. And uh, we're very blessed to have him part of our show, what he does uh, make sure that he gets that time. But I know he's balancing it all out. He's been between the high school, the youth, and it all. But but you hear hearing that motivation where you hear one of the guys, that, it's one of the great ones there that does uh, some really powerful speaking. And he talks about you make a difference. And how do you make a difference? And, and, and how you got to get up. you got to make a move. And, and, and I listen to a lot of that throughout my day. Because there's a lot of times where, you know, it's just not that easy. Sometimes, you know, you had a a late start, which means you got to get up and and run a little bit harder to catch up because you started late. You know, it's like when the, when the gun shot there on the track and all of a sudden the guy in front of you gets two steps, well, guess what? Now you got to start stretching that thing out a little bit. You got to go after a little bit. And uh, you know, there's just certain things that motivate you. And I encourage you guys to go out there, find if it's that motivational guy that makes these videos uh, on YouTube or whatever, Listen to those things You know, I start my morning every morning in, in, in my prayer closet And then I get right with the Lord And then I go out and I go to work And I go to battle And I don't just battle with him With radio or TV Or whatever else is put in front of me You know, I'm very blessed That I that I run into people on a regular basis You know, even today You know, I, I, I had a chance To have a conversation with a gentleman And who knew that, that God would put him in my life And the conversation that we had And that's between he and I and the Lord But You know, those are the opportunities. You know, before we uh, bring Eugene back in here in just a minute, and hopefully we'll get the commissioner in a minute as well, guys, the thing I'm going to tell you is this. Young people, when you go through life and you don't open doors, you don't have opportunities. You know, I was in in a church service on Sunday, and it was very, very touching to me that this gentleman who came from the state of Alabama to speak to us, and he said he, he, he had taken a trip to, to go into this house, and it was one of those tours that you go through. And he went down this hallway, and it was an empty hallway. There was nothing on the walls, and there was nothing kind of lined against the walls. And they got to the end of the hallway, and there was a door to the left and a door to the right, and they kept walking. And as he went through to the next area, he asked one of the guys, he said, well, what was that about? He was like, well, if you've opened the door to the left, there were multiple things in that room. Or to the right, there's multiple things in that room. And the lesson is, is that you cannot walk through life with your, I like to say, those, those Clydesdale's blinders on, where you don't pay attention with what's around you because that's called opportunity. Open those doors, take those chances. And even and, and, and in this time of frame, right now, as we're going through this COVID, and, and there's so many changes that are going through right now, and there's so many people that have, have seen so many things. You know, there's a reason for what we're going through. Slow down. Embrace the moment. You know, I give my uh, tip of the cap to Joe Cole. He is the Oceanside head football coach. Eugene, on the last show, shared a tweet from a gentleman who shared it with us talking about we need to make sure that we don't wait to recognize the seniors coming out. I went a little step further on my Facebook and through our social media. And I challenged every athletic director, every head football coach, and said, let's, instead of waiting for the final game to be the game that you recognize your seniors, let's make it game number one. Kind of like if you're, if you're a NASCAR guy, you know, they play they, – they, well, they don't play it. They race Daytona, which is their big Super Bowl. Let that first game be their big game. Let that be the game that not only do they get recognized as seniors, they recognize their parents. There will be enough fireworks for the other six games. Trust and believe me. You can find other things to do. But give that mom and dad a chance to stand on the field on that week one. Give that senior a chance to hear his name as he gets that chance to have that moment. Because if we wait for tomorrow, we may wait forever. Because you never know, tomorrow may never get here. But we're living in today. Eugene, I bring you on. Of course, I know uh, the commission is just checking in with us uh, as well, but Uh, And here he goes right now. So we'll bring in the commissioner uh, and and say good afternoon. Jay Williams, the the commissioner for the South Carolina youth football association. Jay, I know you've been busy, brother. You're running around. You guys are hitting the road this weekend. Heck of a job this past weekend. You and I had a chance to fist bump and talk a little shop. And then I got a chance to watch a lot of you guys ball out those coaches, man. I got to tell you, I think your coaches like having that game as much as the kids did.
0: Oh yeah, man. Uh, Appreciate you having me on again, sir. I'm late, but, man, yeah, the intensity was up there last Saturday. I think the coaches uh definitely wanted to get back on the field just as much as the kids, man. It was a great little showcase. And you were there, brother. It wasn't like a full-out game or anything. Just a couple plays and a drive. And, man, it was it was great. Great to have them.
2: No, it was great. It was great to watch you. By the way, not only is he a commissioner, he's a coach. And I'm telling you, I felt like I was getting ready to give you some up-downs. I heard – all you yelling and hollering and getting after them and accountability and the credibility and all that thing. You know, to me, the, the amount of smiles that not only you gave to these young kids on Saturday, I watched parents, I had conversation with parents walking up and having uh, just a few moments with me. I saw Coach uh, LeBrad, he made his way out. Of course, he is the uh, athletic director and the head football coach of Fort Dorchester. He made his way out. Of course, uh, the new offensive coordinator, Brent, his son was out there. I believe the new defensive coordinator's son actually is, uh, is a player on the 12-year team over there as well. So, uh, it's good to see the the guys above, if you will, like yourself. Of course, you coach at Woodland. But isn't it nice to see the support come out there to these fields? These kids know who they are, don't they, Coach?
0: All oh, they know, I man. Uh, especially the sport guys, you know, they were running up to Coach LaPrade. I mean, the legendary Coach LaPrade Le took time out of his day just to come watch these young men play. And that's all it's about, uh, great guys like LaPrade and, I mean, you'll see Coach Cybert at our games, our AD, Coach Ford. Uh, More and more, you'll probably see these head coaches at these games now that a lot of teams are connected with the high schools and our feeder programs. But it's just great. I mean, why wouldn't you be out there supporting these kids so they can learn you and keep them in uh, your system and interested in your program? Because whether we want to admit it or not, high school football is kind of becoming – a baby college as far as recruiting, as far as if you don't keep these kids interested in your program early, they want to go somewhere else. Like, So it was great to see Postal Pratt out there supporting his youth program and just the fans. I mean, you were there, brother. We had a tremendous amount of fans. and It would have been larger than that, but we asked those after their kids played to leave, you know, to help try to practice social distancing. Right. Right. But if, you know, if we would have kept all those fans out there, I mean, we would have filled up a stadium. on a a Saturday morning. I mean, it was tremendous.
2: Yeah, it was very tremendous. And not only did you have the fans there, you had two different fields lined up because you were trying to, again, adhere to the standards and to the situation with COVID, separating as many as you can, asking and requesting parents to exit stage left. Once your kid was done with the first or the second round of waves that they got the chance to play some football, But I thought you also did a good job because you had the guy out there that everybody loved, right, the guy with the slushy machine. I think he was probably the hottest ticket out there on the field. Oh, yeah, it
0: definitely got a little hot towards the end when the older guys start playing. So uh, I'm pretty sure he had a great day. I mean, every time you looked over there, that line was wrapped around from the little bitty ones to us, big adults. I mean, we needed something to cool off as well. You saw us over there in line getting the um, slushies and nighties that he had. And, I mean, it was just great i mean great atmosphere it was it was good to see you know all the teams out there the 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 wave was there the patriots us at woodland and then north charleston brought just their older boys so we had four different programs that um, were represented at the event I mean, it was tremendous I, I can't quit talking about it uh,
2: well, I tell you what, it was a it was a good time, and I felt like I was uh, you know welcome there with open arms from not only you and of course the other guys who are a part of the association, the coaches and the families there. They they the word's starting to get out that they're going to be on the broadcast here with us on a Saturday afternoon or into the evening, as we'll be featuring a game of the week. We'll have a player of the game, a cheerleader of the game, and an academic athlete as well. How great would it be to be all three? Well, at least the cheerleader and the academic be together and the same person it would be great to have the football in the situation as well. Uh, as we're live right now with Jay Williams, the commissioner of the South Carolina youth football association, as he is now going into week two, I guess, of uh, the preseason, right? This would be a preseason trip. Uh, and then I know you got another one next week before we get into the season, but uh, what is it like this week? And who's all making the road trip? I believe, are y'all heading to Columbia this week to, to play some football?
0: We're headed to Lancaster um, to play. And who's all making the trip from the lower uh, low country of Woodland, Fort Dorchester, and Somerville. Now, we're not taking all of our teams. It's a showcase, so each of us put a, a couple of age groups in um, a piece. And then we have the Columbia Knights coming up from Columbia. The Lancaster team that's hosting, they'll have their teams there. Uh, we have a team from York, the Carolina Broncos coming. Um I think that touches everybody that will be in attendance this Saturday. Now I so, see a lot a,
2: of uh a, a lot of movement of the Columbia Knights. What's up with this Columbia Knights team? I mean they've got some uh, they've got a lot of excitement. I know the parents there have wrapped their arms around them, and you know, and I'm part of that page that you guys have on Facebook, but man, you see a lot of they have their own smoke coming out of the tunnels, even on a preseason weekend like last weekend. and I see a lot of uh excitement, a lot of noise coming from that camp.
0: Well, you have a lot of excitement around your program, too, if your high school just ruled all five straight championships in a row. That's Dutch Fort's Little Feeder <laughs> program. They don't take the name, but they, they play out of Dutch Fort. They practice out of Dutch Fort. So that's where the excitement comes from. I mean, they're, they're loving football up there right now. So they they got the high school winning. Their program was great last year. So that's where you see that excitement at. uh, They will actually be down in the showcase on the 29th as well down here. Um, So – If you haven't seen them, like Richie just mentioned, they put on a show. They come out, smoke bombs and everything in preseason. They come dressed, impressed. A great program. And each program around the state, I think, wants to get like that program, not only just at the youth level, but like I said, when your high school is ruling off these championships back to back to back and you're just keeping the youth flowing it through, I I think everybody wants to get on that level somehow, some way.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. We're live right now with Commissioner Jay Williams from the South Carolina Youth Football Association talking about the preseason, and it was a big one this past weekend. They hand up to Lancaster or Lancaster this upcoming weekend, and then the following weekend, you're back down here in the low country. Is it North Charleston, commission that you guys are heading to? Uh, kind, of, kind of give a little bit of headway to that, and we'll start putting some of that on our social media too to get uh, some people at least out there to kind of check it out.
0: Yes, we'll be in North Charleston at Danny Jones Recreational Center that weekend. Um, that's the 29th weekend. Uh, we'll be there. Uh, you know, the high school facilities still haven't quite given clearance for us to use any of those at this time. Um, so we, we have different rec programs that have given us a go, and then you saw we were out there at Gehagan this past Saturday. They're allowing us to use those type of facilities. So those are the facilities that we're going to have to use until the high school program gets clearance. Hopefully their clearance will come when they get to play and hopefully that stays September 25th and then we can get back into these high schools. Um, But until then, we're going to find a field and we'll line it up like we did this last Saturday and let these young men play some football.
2: Excitement it was this past weekend. I was there on the ground, actually over there at Gahagan. I will not be able to, unfortunately, make the trip on Saturday. We'll be over there with prayers. And, of course, uh, I know you'll – Hopefully keep us in text and send us some, some photos, and we'll kind of post them along the way. We're actually going to be at Charlotte at the Carolina Exposure covering that this weekend, but we will be covering it, that event, in two weeks down at North Charleston at Danny Jones. That's actually right around the corner from Eugene. So he actually just has to probably uh, get on the bike and make a left, and there he is sitting there uh, at that park. I, I know we'll have a lot of talent out there, a lot of former uh, college football players of, uh, we've already reached out to. They're going to show up with us as well. And uh, to me, that, that's the big thing. When these guys see, you know, uh, not only former college football players, but current high school players, that they are going to be playing in those jerseys one day. You know, Commission, that's got to be a big thing, too. Have you had this conversation with a lot of these coaches? And I'm sure Coach Cyber is on board with this, along with uh, the head football coach, also the athletic director at Fort. And I'm pretty sure Brian Rutherford at Somerville would jump on this, along with, well, heck, Ashley Ridge. But to have their players come out with their jerseys on, on a Saturday to just kind of be out there and, and oversee the future of the program that they are going to be heading into?
3: Oh, yes.
0: Uh, well, I only can see for Woodland, but our players, they're there um, on Saturday. They run the chains, They run the score clock for us. Uh, they help with concession and, you know, they help with the kids. Some of them get into it. Well, you'll see them on the sideline. Hey, coach, number so-and-so is doing this wrong. Well, go fix it, you know. If he's playing his position, you know, you'll see them watching their position out there. So they'll get hands-on with the kids as well. Um, they get into it. You know, if you love the game, you love it. So you're not going to sit there and, and you're watching your position and see a young man doing something wrong. You'll see one of my guys just pulling one of the little ones to the sideline and, you know, putting some, putting a little bug in the air. And then you'll see the smile on their face when the kid gets back in the game and do it the right way. Like, yeah, I taught him that, <laughs> you know. So it, it, it's <laughs> tremendous. So yeah, they're, they're out there. They're uh. They help out, you know. It's not the whole team. It's a handful of them, but it's great. And, you know, the kids love them. The kids will know their names personally by the end of the season and everything of that nature. And it's just exciting to have that. I'm sure everybody else will be doing that in some capacity, but I I only can, you know, speak for what I know exactly. But that's what we do at Woodland. No doubt about it. Now, since you kind of segued us
2: into Woodland, let's take off the commissioner hat, put on – The coaches whistle as uh, you're one of the coaches up there uh, with uh, Woodland and uh, what these guys are doing is every year. It seems like you guys are getting better and better. How has practice been uh, the last couple of weeks? I know we checked in with you last week about everything, but here we are Thursday. We're only, what, three weeks away, give or take a day or two. How's things looking up there at the Wood? How's everybody coming along with getting ready, hopefully to go into another gear and get out of this 1.5? I think
0: that you just – Hit it on the head. That's what everybody's ready to do. These kids are ready to get out of 1.5. They're ready to play football. We got a lot. We got some talent. Uh, very talented team this year. Probably one of the most talented that we've ever had at the school. And just to see what they can actually do. I mean, these drills are they're great. They're, they're getting the kids acclimated and everything like that. But you know, brother, you you cover football all the time. Drills don't you know necessarily equal what's going to happen on the field. So we got to get to see them when they can actually do something and get in some pads. And They're antsy. The anticipation is there. They're ready. I think it's a very talented group. Um, but that's just where it's headed. Like, nothing has really changed since we spoke last Thursday as far as what we can do practice-wise. I just think the yeah. excitement is building up more and more for these kids right now.
2: We're live right now hanging out with Jay Williams. He's the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He's also one of the coaches up there at Woodland High School. That's in Dorchester, South Carolina, just a little bit outside of uh, St. George and a little bit outside of Somerville. Stuck in the middle there if they will. But I tell you what, they've got a facility to talk about and a team to brag about here coming into 2020. Let me ask you this question. I don't know if we've kind of gone over the schedule with you, uh, Jay, but but when you look at your schedule, you see it's a very region-heavy schedule, right? I mean, you got seven games, and you're going to play your schedule the way it is. You're able to pick up a few games extra, and you won't play Somerville this year. That was actually originally the plan. It was a play in your yard and then come play in their yard, but that may be scratched to the next year or the next. We'll see how that works out. But what's your thought this year of the schedule playing in? Of course, uh, Oceanside will go up to three, eh? So, that's a team that's going to kind of, I guess, be out of your way. But yet, I know Coach Cyber wants to play everybody. So, uh, what's your thoughts on the schedule this year for Woodland and, and what's your forecast kind of prematurely looking at it on a preseason level?
0: Well, uh, the schedule, I think it was one of the safest things that we could do collectively as a state, keeping everyone regionalized, minimizing travel, um It hasn't become official, but I assume that keeping the stands at a minimum is going to be something that uh, gets thrown out there as well when that does occur. Um, So I think safety-wise with the current pandemic, that was the best thing to do, um, safety-wise. As far as, like you said, we wanted to play everybody, it was a bummer, though. We didn't want to go back and play Sovereign in season week one. We did want to get a couple out-of-conference games against some opponents that we wouldn't necessarily play in the region. Um, But safety comes first. So even though that's not there, like you said, we maybe can revisit that year one um, next year from now or the year after that of getting those uh, games in. But I'm just glad to be playing football. And if it's just region play, it's region play. That's fine. Um, Prediction of the season. I mean, I'm a coach. I can't predict nothing but wins on every single game. That's what we we plan and set out to do, is to go undefeated (laughs) and try to win the championship. I mean, nothing else I can predict on that nature.
2: Well, I got to tell you, Coach, it's going to be a heck of a season, and hopefully we'll get it underway. We'll play it all the way through, and we'll see uh, a weekend of champions. And uh, that's the goal, of course. I know every – you know, it's a a moving target. We've heard that. It's, again, we we compare it like a hurricane, you know, down there. And let's not forget, oh, by the way, while we're keeping our eye on, you know, this thing called COVID-19, there's a few hurricanes hanging out down there, in the Atlantic that are escaping at least uh, one looks like to go in the Gulf. One possibly could come up towards uh, the coast of South Carolina. And it's not unheard of coach for us to be paused here on the coastline for a couple of weeks as well. And usually that has benefited, right? That has benefited uh, the factor of uh, the upstate to play in the lower state to pause as we had that last year, your thoughts on, you know, there's so many things that we have to overcome. And I think in the next three weeks, that are going to be pivotal to us having a complete season?
0: Um, I mean, that's why I thought we should have started the season originally when we had it planned because we didn't account for possible hurricanes coming in and uh, things of that nature. And I, I, I do see people practicing social distancing more. I did see a lot of folks with their masks going out there Saturday. You were there. You saw that as well. Um, but I think the numbers as far as COVID have been kind of stagnant for a while um mm-hmm. it hasn't been a major increase major decrease so if we're going to line up and play here in a couple of weeks and they still are the same as they were two months ago why do we waste all that time not play football i mean <laughs> we, we could have been playing and then if the hurricane came through like we've normally had one a year these past couple of years that pushes us back um you know we would be at that one week disadvantage like we normally are but I mean, I just don't see why we uh, drug this thing out and still knew there was a possibility of hurricanes coming and everything of that nature. Um, hopefully none of them touch, and hopefully we can just have a straight-out successful season all the way around. But, you know, one of those things can set the season back even further. And then no, you start exactly right. with these kids right. participating in other sports, those that are dual-sport athletes. Like, a football season keeps has to be – pushback, then what is that going to do for those that play baseball and uh, basketball? Um, are their seasons going to be cut short because they have to move football back? So, well, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot, that's
2: a great question. We're live right place place now with uh, the commissioner over there at the uh, South Carolina Hot Youth Football Association. He's also a coach over at Woodland High School in uh, Dorchester, South Carolina to a program that plays up To 5A status and a lot of nights on a Friday night light that shuts the town down and break out the band. And it is a show that you don't want to miss. And, again, if you ever had a chance, make sure you take advantage of it. Now, of course, we're talking about what could be, might be, and uh, could possibly be uh, around uh, the the things around uh, the high school league on on Friday nights. Again, we're so many things. We're we're trying to get through Labor Day. We're trying to get through the hurricane. And, again, we just got to start playing. Again, after that, we'll see what happens. Uh, and, and I think there, there is you – know, people are a little bit reluctant on uh, trying to be that guy, you know, to be that guy. You saw the report coming out of Georgia State where Carlos Ardo, he's a quarterback from the state of South Carolina, won uh, not only uh, the player of the year by Gatorade, he also was, I believe, 3A uh, a, a state champion quarterback, by the way. You know, he gets sent home uh, by uh, con- you know, contacting the, the COVID virus and then finds out during his testing – that he has a heart issue. You know, that's my biggest concern, and I get a lot of things, and we don't have a lot of time, Jay, but but I want to kind of touch this really quick is that that's the biggest thing with this COVID thing, and, again, we don't talk a lot about it right now because I think we're all trying to be as positive as we can, but when you get a hometown kid, and he is hometown because he's from the state of South Carolina, like Colisardo, he didn't have an idea that he had a heart issue until he con- – you know, I guess he, he was a- – when he got this, the COVID, right, then he realized – when they did more tests on him hey he has a heart condition prior to this he had no idea that he had this condition i think that's the biggest concern from the commissioner from the south carolina high school league and a few others around uh the state of south carolina and i was told this today the only one that will shut down the high school football league honestly would be the governor or the lieutenant governor or someone in that room eugene i want you to kind of chime in real quick but that's my understanding is why we we understand that the commissioner for the high school league has authority to do a lot of things but at the end of the day i think the only two that are going to shut this thing down if it got shut down would be our governor or be the next one to the education uh who was right under him
4: yeah and, and the um state superintendent of um of education molly could shut down schools in in that sense uh there are some Stop gaps to, to some things virtually. However, as you said, it is up to the governor now. Uh, the high school league has reconvened until November. Um, the only way they could come do that now would be to call an, an emergency session. I, I right. haven't found anything in the bylaws that could say that they could reopen it to shut it down um, because then they would have to go back to a total revote from everyone um, because they've already had all the executive sessions and everything to pass what they have, everything was passed, and then they uh, reconvened the session. You know, so they basically right. said, "All right, that's it," and shut it down. Uh, then again, with these t- with, with crazier things that have happened, I guess they could come back and say, "Oh, by the way, we need an emergency session to shut it down, and we can do that." I don't really know. I just didn't I didn't see anything in the bylaws that they could do that. It, it looks to me like. And they've shut it down on their end until November. But, again, as always, the governor does have authority to come in and shut things down, extend school years, cut school years short, uh, limit, like you said, you know, like the, the capacities of stadiums and things like that under executive order. He ha- he does have that privilege.
2: Right. And there are reports coming into us, and, and we're getting messages through social media, through inboxing, uh, that they're looking at 50%. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't think that the governor – I'm not sure that even the commissioner for the high school league guys is going to say everybody across the board can have 50%. I think it's going to be per county, just like he did when it comes to when you can play, when you can practice. He's going to leave it up to the county because it gives the authority a little bit less on his end and a little bit more on their end. And there's going to be uh, some safety measures. So again, I wouldn't be shocked. And Jay, I'll let you chime in on this before we get you out of here, buddy. But I wouldn't be shocked, Jay, if, he said 250 which is maybe two tickets per 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 football player and the cheerleader I guess and that's where you are and everybody's got to be matched up families can sit together kind of like they would at a church and after that you're going to have to separate and there's got to be enough room for this to happen i just don't see them going 50%. That's a lot of people in a stadium. That's a lot of bodies close to one another. I think that's a lot of concerns. While I understand that that, that there are those who, you know, some people are going to go ride or die and do this thing 100%, and it is, is what it is. But I don't think that those in power are, are going to play this thing that that loose. I think they'll keep it a little closer to the vest. Jay, your thoughts uh, on being it that you're at not only at the high school league, but you're also with the youth department?
0: Well, I, I think it will be some kind of cap put in measure. I don't know if the exact number is 250 or what that may be, but I do think it's going to be on a county-by-county county basis or even a school-by-school basis. Uh, Because you have to think, some of these stadiums are a lot larger than others where you can social distance more in one stadium than the next. Um, So in one stadium, you can probably get, just throwing out the numbers, 500 people in social distancing properly. But then in a smaller stadium, you can only get that 250 number that, you know, you just threw out. And I think that just depends on stadium size, seating capacity, things of that nature to space these fans out. Um, I don't think if you're looking at a large, large stadium that's not being filled and you stop them at 250, I I don't think that – I mean, it's smart safety-wise, but why would we do that when we can still fill more seats and still social distance properly? But if you're in a smaller, right. compact stadium, then, yes, I, I see that cap being a smaller number like a 250.
2: Yeah, no doubt. We'll we'll see how it works out. Jay, as always, brother, we appreciate you. Stop dropping, doing what you do, not only for here on Southern Sports Central, but for the youth and uh, on all levels of the youth, because you're at the high school level, you're down there with the foundation, building that strong foundation the pipeline for not only Woodland, but many schools around the state of South Carolina, man. Thank you so much for the time. Thank your wife for allowing you to be a part of what we do here. And uh, you and I will catch up over the next day or so that we can – kind of put some things on social media, and then, of course, we'll be broadcasting with some stuff next Saturday over there at Danny Jones in North Charleston with you, buddy.
0: All right, brother. Well, yeah, we'll catch up in the next few days, and we'll do this same time next week, me a couple minutes earlier. Sorry about that again. And, yeah, we'll broadcast Saturday night, Danny Jones, first one. There you go, brother. Always stay safe. God bless. We'll see you soon. All right.
2: There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams. He's also one of the coaches over at the Wood with the Woodland Wolverines doing their thing and uh, doing it in style. They've got one of the coolest logos. If you're part of the Wu-Tang generation, you would respect, enjoy, and want one of those jackets. I know Eugene has been on cyber like the loop trying to get one of those. But we'll talk about that and much more. It is top of the hour here on Southern Sports Central. You want to call in? You want to hang out? We got 30 minutes opened up right now. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what you're doing. If it's a football conversation, maybe you want to talk about what's happening around your town. Come on in. The number to call is 1-323-784-9681. Again, here's the number to call in to check in live at 1-323-784-9681. Hour one is done. Coming back, hour two. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Yalbin, alongside Eugene Benton, coming to you live from the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios right here in Somerville, South Carolina, hanging close to the coast as we do what we do every Sunday, Tuesday and Thursday night from 6 to 9, right here on Southern Sports Central, part of the Blog Talks family. Glad to have you with us. Would love to hear from you tonight. Again, 1-323-784-9681. That's the number to get in here. Talk to us for the next 30 because it's 7.30. We're going to be heading to Columbia, South Carolina, checking in with the first lady over there with the South Carolina High School Blitz. Miss V will check in. We'll talk high school sports with her. as her, me, and, of course, Eugene, and a few other of our closest friends between the two will be up in Charlotte on Saturday coming to you live on the air. We'll broadcast. We'll let you know the time in a little bit later date, a little bit later time here because we're going to try to give it some time to start up before we start up, of course, uh, coming to you from that Carolina Experience Showcase. Uh, Eugene, I bring you back in and, and another great conversation there with the commissioner down there uh, with the South Carolina Youth Football Association and Jay Williams. But, you know, I don't want to pour a lot into this. I don't want to get a lot into the numbers and what could be, what might be, and, and all of that, because I, I think we're, we're we're all there. It is what it is. It is going to be what it's going to be. I think that's kind of the phrase that we have to go with it.
4: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and, and you know, like he was talking about, you know, they're just focused on the positive. You know, they got some uh, some plays in, some games in. I looked at the schedule because I trained one of the kids that's on one of the teams uh, representing the Ashley Ridge team, uh, you know, and, and it's pretty cool that they'll be at Danny Jones. But, you know, they're also go headed up to Columbia uh, in a couple of weeks. You know, there's some – really good teams and I was looking through the schedule for him and I'm just really impressed with what Jay and them have put together. I mean, you know, these kids now not only get to play football, they get to learn the game, they're getting to experience some of the top notch facilities, you know, Oh, by the way, they look over and see a guy like coach LaPrade, you know, watching them play, that's kind of a big incentive and kind of motivates them and they're all excited about that, you know, and they get to play in these nice stadiums, you know, as soon as they open up and, you know, uh, it's pretty cool to be over here at Danny Jones. Um, would like to catch that one at some point, but uh, you know, I, I know there's a commitment we have on Saturday. But man, you know, it's just really cool seeing these young men. Man, he um, Logan got out the car the other day for practice, and I told him, "I said, man, well, bring your helmet and pads uh, because you know you don't kick footballs in shorts and no helmet, shorts and t-shirt. You know, you got to kick it with the helmet and pads on. So we got to do that." And man, when he brought out, when he broke out that helmet, he's wearing the. Uh, New Bridell Diamond Speed Flex. It's got the nice gold and garnet on it. I mean, it looks just like one of those guys that jumps on the field over at Ashley Ridge on Friday night, man. It's a really neat experience, and those kids are really excited to put on those colors. And no offense, because I know there's been tons of small businesses, local businesses that sponsor teams and, you know, help them put together the jerseys and things like that. But it's just a whole other level. It's like what Jay was talking about, man. You know, high school is almost like recruiting those guys. And I don't mean recruiting like offer and benefit. We, just like he said, it's about creating that enthusiasm, that excitement for the game and for, you know, the opportunity to play at the next level. Same as the college right. would do for a high school. You know, so when he uses the words recruiting, we know he doesn't mean anything nefarious about that. He's just saying, sure. you know, it's like, like, you know, the guys just look up. You know, when you grow up in certain middle schools in Somerville, you dream about putting on that green. You really do. You dream about that S on your helmet, you know, for, gosh, knows 40 years or longer. Kids grew up in the middle school wanting to play for Coach McKissick. After that, you know, kids wanted to play for Coach Cole. And it was just a thing, you know. And so those kids, when they look up and they get to see these uniforms and then the, the, the middle school guys, you know, in the youth football league who are wearing those jerseys, the Wee guys are looking up to them saying, man, I can't wait to put on those jerseys those helmets so you know it's a really cool experience man i'm so glad that he's doing that because it's needed you know uh, unlike some of the other sport football not for a while it took a little hit uh in in the numbers and that was because of some of the fears with the um with concussions and injuries but i'll tell you uh having dealt with helmets for for years uh doing equipment for a football team you know with those kids are getting those diamond uh, Riddell, you know, speed flex helmets, you know, that is the top of the line. That is the same thing that, you know, potential first round draft picks are wearing at the elite universities. That's what they're wearing at Clemson and Carolina and Ohio State. That's what they're wearing in the NFL, those helmets. So, you know, they're not getting, you know, just leftover equipment, you know, in a shed that someone put duct tape around. So, you know, I just, mean it's really cool to see those young guys, uh, compete. I, I know Logan's really excited about it. He's really excited, you know, to put a couple over the bar and through the uprights, and uh, I'm really excited to watch him do it. Yeah, no
2: doubt. And again, what these guys have done, because like Dorchester County, at least that's Somerville, Fort Dorchester, and Ashley Ridge, the middle schools are no longer uh, filtering out football programs. So this is that middle between the two. And, and, and for them to be able to wear that jersey, be wear that uniform, you know, it, it means a lot to wear that jersey around town. Like – Eugene mentioned, you know, and, and I think Shane Fiddler is going to do a great job of leaving off where Kenny Walker did. I think Coach Walker did a great job at Asher Ridge. He had some successful years. A lot of great, great dudes came through there. Some of the better quarterbacks uh, that I've seen uh, were over there at his, well, well, in his stable, two brothers, to be precise. I thought, did some great things. Had Romello Doctor back there, you know, really pounding the ball, pounding the rock. They had some DBs back in the back area. Really good. Then you go to Fort Dorchester. Holy moly, this team has definitely, the last 10, 11, 12 years, have been the consistent team in the low country. They're the team that a lot of people kind of gaze themselves with. This year, of course, I think they're going to be maybe not the tallest receivers, but I think they're going to be very fast. With Of course, guys like Jalen Best and other guys like that. And on the other side of the ball, Otis Mack Jr. is going to come around the corners. So you'll see what he puts together. Then there's Somerville. Oh, my God, Somerville. You know, they're getting a little guy who comes in and, and he starts right after Jonathan Bennett leaves, but now he's a bigger guy. This is a guy that Colby Shirey, and we'll see what he puts together because he's got a handful of receivers. He's got some good running backs that are going to come up from that JV side that, by the way, that JV squad went undefeated last year with Jody Kafina running that program down there. But we'll wait and see what that has to do with. But you hear the excitement I have in my voice because it's almost that time. That we're going to be calling Friday Night Lights. We're going to be doing great things. I talked to Coach Rocco today. He is the Wando head coach. He's going to come in here on Tuesday. We'll talk in Warrior football on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a great opportunity for him to introduce a lot of his dudes. I know Connor was a gentleman who joined us. Uh, He's a guy that travels about every camp, takes every opportunity, and makes the most out of it. But we're going to get his coach in here, who this time last year was the defensive side of the ball. So uh, we'll see what he thinks about his team as this is his first year with Jimmy Noonan now becoming the guy at Georgetown, you know, we'll have that conversation. So you hear it in my voice, Friday Night Lights, uh, it it, it really, it excites me. It excites me. And for you guys, of course, uh, you know, uh, some announcements are going to come out with Southern Sports Central here soon, so stay tuned uh, to some of that stuff. As it gets a little closer, we'll have that conversation. I mentioned 25% was the number that the University of South Carolina, by the way, was going to uh, allow in their stadium. So for you guys who are trying to do the math and you're looking at it, and by the way, in that stadium, they're hoping this commitment stands because they did just pick up the number one ranked dual-threat quarterback in the country coming out of Georgia. And that, of course, is Gunnar Stockton. He committed to the Gamecocks uh, not long ago, I think a few minutes ago. Matter of fact, Uh, that's a huge pickup for the Gamecocks. uh, But when it comes to the fans and the stands, what does that look like for South Carolina? That's about 20 Thousand fans that's a lot of fans but nowhere near if you're game talk that's nowhere near what they're used to rocking doing their thing uh 25 seems to be a very common number that i think you're going to start to see around the country why do i think that i know clemson will probably up it up to 25 they were at 20 at one point but this is also coming out about an hour ago oklahoma state will ox will actually also go approximately 25 percent in their capacity in their stadiums as well. So you're looking – and, again, I think this is a moving target as well, Eugene. I think you'll see some things kind of happen here. You know, you'll see a few schools, maybe if these numbers start to decline, there will be adjustments made throughout the season. And that's why I'm very proud of the state of South Carolina. I'm very proud of uh, my fellow South Carolinians who are wearing these masks. It's an uncomfortable feeling. It's hard to breathe. It's hard to do things. But it's a very selfless thing to do because it isn't always about just you. It's about you and those around you. And you're seeing that we're starting to slowly get these numbers down. And I think there's multiple reasons why, and I don't want to get into the devil's advocate there, but it is what it is. The numbers are down. We like the direction we're going. If you like this and you want more, then do better and we get more. Right, Eugene? Yeah, I agree, man. You know, you got to keep – the thing is, you know,
4: while we, we are positive, we're happy, you know, we're we're cheering, you know, kind of a little bit under our breath because we don't want to be too excited. We know what it feels like to get excited. You know, we were excited a couple of weeks ago that football was going to start on September 11th, and then that got pushed back a couple of weeks. So, you know, we want to be positive. We want to be excited, but we want to tamper our, our enthusiasm a little bit just to uh, make sure that we don't, you know, go out and get crazy and do some crazy things and uh, make those numbers move the other way because right now it looks like, you know, if we can keep at least keep doing what we're doing, uh, whether or not you agree that we're doing everything we should or shouldn't or whatever, right now the numbers have been on a decline. You know, there are charts that has been declining for over two weeks now, uh, you know, so let's just keep it going that way. Let's don't do anything to risk it, you know, bumping up even a little bit going up the other way. Let's just keep that trend that downward arrow and uh, keep it rolling.
2: Now, talking about keeping it rolling, we'll, we'll roll into the Big Ten. Here is uh, again, if you'd like to join us right now, you can do it live for the next, uh, let's say, uh, twelve minutes. As we're going to keep the lines open until seven thirty, you can call in now at one three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. That, of course, is the temp Farm Hotlines, and you can, of course. Chime in on any of these topics, or bring your own topic to the table, and we'll get into it with you here on Southern Sports Central. But the Big Ten, of course, there is a lot of rumbling. There's a lot of upset folks. There's some uh, coaches who uh, don't understand how a commissioner decided to make a very unfavorable decision that has affected everybody. Now, either is going to look like the hero, and I don't want to say the zero because I I, I don't want to get into that conversation. I don't really want to label that, but. He's either going to have one of the greatest decisions he's ever made or this will go ahead and say we're going to do the worst first in his time as a commissioner of the Big Ten, Eugene. But you start to put this thing together. I know the Big Ten Conference is uh, beginning to put together a plan for both basketball and football going forward. Of course, after postponing their football season but still allowing student athletes to remain on campus, work out with their teams, football is uh, now being discussed as a winter sport. And in South Carolina and in the coastal or in the southeast, that's not as big a deal because it doesn't get as cold. But, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you a real winter when you get into Nebraska or when you get into Northwestern. Could you imagine going into an ice bowl, which you've seen that being talked about with the Green Bay Packers? That's the real life of Wisconsin. Man, I couldn't imagine. February football, that's a whole different type of winter football, Eugene. Go play a game in Minnesota. <laughs> I think that's about the far,
4: far north Division One team you can get, you know. Now imagine playing at Syracuse without the dome in January right. or February. It's not going to be fun, man, because, you know, I mean, there's a reason why, if you want to look at it this way, there's a reason why all the bowl games are, except one, are played in a certain climate at that time of the year. You know, and so if, if you just wonder why, just look at, look at the bowl games when money's tied to it and getting fans there. Uh, you know, Florida probably hosts the most of them. There's a reason why, because those games are played right. in January, you know, in December. You know, a lot of people aren't going to travel. I think there's two exceptions. Boise still hosts a bowl game. And, oh, by the way, it seems like every time you watch it, you don't get to see that blue field because it's covered in white snow. Uh, you know, there's this bowl game up in um, played at Yankee Stadium. You know, same thing. Mm-hmm. Depends by right both. Like, yeah. You know, and a lot of players, I think a lot of players have issue with playing in that game. Um, sometimes because it's so cold. You know, Spurger talked about that once, about going up to play uh, in the cold when he was coaching the uh, now defunct league, you know, and he had to go out and play a game in Utah. And he said, man, this is just going to be different. We just may not be able to throw the ball. <laughs> so, you know, Spurrier, that's a little bit out of his element. I think he was taking a positive approach to it, but... You know, I just, man, I just can't imagine playing a game in Minnesota in February. I know the NFL does it, but then again, you know, they're in the dome in Minnesota in February. So, you know, but, like but I but said, Green Bay probably is the better option.
2: Minnesota. Right. But I wonder if, if, for example, I wonder if they do start to utilize that 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 actual venue to be better than. Uh, to have that opportunity for safety reasons. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Again, football, you know, up north, they, they laugh at us when we put on a jacket when it's 65 degrees. You know, they, they laugh when, you know, we do certain things that we do because it's a different, you know, it's a different attitude. It's a different longitude. It is different culture wise. Uh, you know, but Shreveport, Louisiana, hey, look, it's in the South and there ain't no party uh, for bowl season either. All right. I can tell you that. That was one game that everybody's like, oh, crap. You got to kid me. You guys just want to stay home? You guys really want to go to Shreveport? We just stay home, man. I don't really want to go to Shreveport, Louisiana. There's nothing over there. I mean, you know, so there are those games. And then, you know, for me, when you talk about bowl games, you know, I've always wondered in the Bahamas, man, and and I'm sure that the the Sun Belt, a.k.a. the Fun Belt in their conference appreciates having – their games down there, but I've always said, man, shoot, if you're going for big money, brother, that ought to be an SEC versus an ACC game. And you know, like I know, man, people would travel and pack. They would make most of their revenue up over a week's span of having two teams from the SEC. And it could be the bottom tier of the conference or the top tier because both of these fan bases travel extremely well.
4: Yeah, and all you have to do to get to Bahamas, you know, there are several flights going there heck, you can go down to um, West Palm Beach and get on a boat and be there in 90 minutes.
3: So, you know, <laughs> yeah. definitely.
4: I, I think the fall Navy might appreciate that trip, you know, they can get out the river that would be cool. take those big boats yeah. over to uh to the Bahamas because it's actually a fun trip. It only gets in a deep water about a little, you know, a, a little part of that. But then, again, you know, as soon as you get over to the Bahamas, you've got some world-class fishing, you know, and some other things to do. You know, it's a great place to visit, uh, like you said, in great weather. But, um. You know, had just you know maybe Minnesota will use you know the dome uh, over there in right. Minneapolis, but you know th- then again you know they're they're leaving campus to go do it. You know then what does Ohio State do? Because they, there's not right. a dome, they you know they're gonna play in their state. Well, Michigan, play well, Michigan, exactly. Michigan State, Michigan State to be more north than Michigan. You know they're kind of uh, up in there going towards that peninsula area. Uh, <laughs> I just you know. Those guys, you know, Northwestern—they're probably not going to have many students there anyway, uh, you know, and that's probably going to be about the time that uh, they're studying for finals and things like that. So, yeah, there's the you know, a Yeah, Illinois—that's going to be another Champaigns, another cold area. I mean, all these, the, the Big Ten is just one of the coldest areas, and most they receive the most snow of anywhere in the country, and yet they want to move their games to December, February, Janu- you know, January, February. To me, it just I don't see it. I think that, you know, if they're going to try to make this much effort, I think they probably should look at, you know, like a lot of people say, you know, y'all need to look at what other people are doing, do it the right way, do it as safely as possible. If kids need to sit out, let them sit out. If kids don't right. feel comfortable, that's okay too. Don't force them to, but also give, you know, a chance to play because, you know, I don't think it's done yet. Uh, I know six schools have already said that they're exploring other options, and I think they have – Big enough programs that they can explore other options, and at some point, I think if they get enough votes uh, from the big boys in the conference, that the commissioner is going to have to move that way.
2: You know, I just hope whatever they do, it doesn't it doesn't mess up the Big Ten. You know, I mean, I, that's just me. Big Ten football is historical football. I don't want to see this conference take a hit. I don't want to see this this conference uh, fizzle down. I, I don't. I just don't. I don't like. You know, you, you saw that with the big that what that was at the Big East that they did that thing and and that was fine because they weren't one of the big boys uh, per se. At least they had some big teams in there. They had Virginia Tech. They had Pitt. They had Syracuse. They had Miami. You know, they had some big hitters that are now part of the ACC. But I just don't want to see Big Ten football fizzle down because one guy makes a decision. And you know what? And, and again, are you sitting in his shoes? Are you at his dinner table? Are you there in his prayer closet? Do you handle the stress that he handles? Do you want? You know, there's a lot that goes into it. And as much as I know, I, I give, you know, the commissioner, you know, Singleton here in the state of South Carolina a little bit of hard time, a little bit of grief at the end of the day, my heart goes out to the guy. It's got to be a tough decision to have that on your, on your shoulders. You don't think for one minute Coach Elliott, the head football coach at Georgia State right now, isn't feeling some kind of way about that kid from the state of South Carolina that's a freshman. He looked at that mom and dad. He said, look, I got him. He's on my watch. He's my kid. I'm going to make sure he's taken care of. I will make sure he's good. I know you know, a lot of us know Coach Elliott because he's a South Carolina guy. He might be coaching, playing, doing his thing, but at the end of the day, he is a Palmetto guy. He is from our state. He, I can promise you, is having a heavy heart right now because one of his dudes, one of the guys that he promised somebody's mama. You can tell anything you want to the daddies, but when you get a mama upset, brother, that's a whole different type of conversation. But I can promise you, knowing the man that Coach Elliott is, He's having a heavy heart. He's probably dealing with it in his own way right now. And, and again, you know, I, I've had some some conversations back and forth via some texting uh, with Carsado, the quarterback, that we're talking about. He's in good spirits. Things, you know, we're going to keep him in his pr- our prayers. And the good Lord, I know, will take care of him from here. But I still have to try to not let the dogs out on the commissioner of the big the big the Big Ten, the commissioner of the South Carolina high school league. Uh, Anybody else, because, again, until you walk a mile, hell, walk three steps in somebody else's shoes, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's going on. And I know it's got to be a tough decision, Eugene, to know that you've got that many men and women. And we're just talking football. This commissioner is in charge of every sport across every campus that is related to the Big Ten, right? That's like the athletic director overall. And he has got or she has got whoever it is has got to make the best decision with a crystal ball that really never exists and say, here's what's got to happen. And, again, when you put college kids in a college environment, they're going to be college athletes They or college students. It is what it is. You saw it at Notre Dame. You saw it at North Carolina. You've seen it at other campuses. When these guys go out, hell, you heard, you know, on Tuesday night, where he called the bar, like, what was it called, a – Florabama or whatever it was there where they were meeting down there doing their things, kids are going to be kids. And when you put them in a kid environment or you put them in the environment where they excel, and, again, college students are going to do what you and I did as college students. Of course, I was fortunate enough to be a college athlete, so I was probably sheltered a little bit more because if I didn't, then I wouldn't play. But you know, as far as anybody knows, because you had a lot of different roles that you played in the athletic field doing things that you did with your major that you understand that they watch us like Hawks. They know where we are most of the time, but it's the time they don't know is when, well, things happen.
3: Yeah, and it opened
2: up – I was, I was kind of chuckling the other night when he was talking about it. He had heard about this
4: big bar on the Florida-Alabama uh, line. It's called Floribama. It does uh, you know, cross both lines, and they have this thing, this thing down there. And I, I think that's what he was talking about. It's called the mullet toss. And that's where – uh you enter a contest, and you grab a mullet. If anybody doesn't know what a mullet is, it's a fish. It's a fish that's used for bait. It's just a kind of a, a trash fish, so to speak. And, uh, you know, after a few drinks, everybody gets a mullet, and you throw it. And you throw it from Florida into the state of Alabama as far as you can throw it. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's the, uh, the old mullet toss. It's famous for Florida Floribama is also famous because, you know, it, it's kind of the older folks. I don't think it's spring break so it's kind of the older people you know I, I would say our age not necessarily the college kids but uh
3: you know sure. so I, i'm
4: sure. assuming that's what he's talking about because it's a pretty big thing i mean they have very large uh, concerts you know everybody from kenny chesney and jimmy buffett to some of the hip-hop stars and you know it's just it's just kind of one of those venues where you know they kind of wild it out at the end of the summer so to speak but you know if that's caused a spike you know definitely people got to look at that and say look you know Uh, i know a lot of people say well you can't drink with a mask on you know i only took it off the drink well probably not because we've seen pictures of you know locations throughout the the country a lot of them in the southeast where people were massively gathered in bars and not too many people had masks on i've seen it at you know from anywhere from arkansas to myrtle beach and so Mm -hmm. you know in a sense you got to start blaming yourself you know I put that out there on social media the other night, and that's, people don't like it. But, like, you know, when, when someone says, well, my parent went out to the bar and, and whatever, karaoke night, got COVID and passed away, and they were trying to blame a politician. And my thing was, you know, at some point in this country, we got to take personal responsibility. Somehow personal responsibility has gone. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, Daddy, you know, coaxing Johnny and patting Johnny on the butt and telling him he's the best baseball player and he didn't make the starting pitcher, so we're going to start our own travel team so they can be a pitcher no you're not teaching personal responsibility and that's what people got to realize is if you whether or not you agree with covid or politics or whatever it's still personal responsibility you still control your actions and if you want to see this and you want football make a personal choice not to go do something that creates risk it's risk assessment
2: my opinion and i think there's a great opinions here of course uh, we're we're just kind of breaking down about five different headlines here throughout today's show. Uh, Again, we want to uh, ask you, encourage you to follow us on our social media at Southern sports central on Facebook and on Twitter at S O sports central. We got to take a break. It is almost that time to open up the bus and uh, continue to bring on the guests. And of course we are now almost up in the Columbia area. We're coming out of break. We'll be heading in with the first lady of the South Carolina high school bullet. That is Miss V will join us here in about, well, four minutes guys don't go anywhere you're listening to southern sports central live right here on blog talk radio guys coming up next miss v she's joining us live right in columbia south carolina
3: I have to know
4: We're back at 7.30. We're waiting on Miss V and Richie to join back in. Uh, I know he's trying to get uh, talk to her for a second and get things uh, going here on the show. But, uh, you know, it's been a great show so far, man. And just having uh, the youth league, like we talked about, those those kids are just mean so much. I just can't wait to get out to see them play uh, in the next couple weeks. If you're around looking for some action, they'll be hitting the field before uh, the high school teams kick it off. So if you're around, Going in and join us, uh, join us with the high school, or come out to see these uh, kids. They will be playing at the youth appeals uh, last week. They were out at Gehagan. They're coming up. They're going to be in Park Circle, which is in North Charleston. They'll be playing over here at Dandy Jones Complex. It's easy to find. It's uh, over by Academic Magnet, right across from the Armory. So if you're interested in watching some uh, kids get out there and and throw and run and kick and tackle, man, it should be a good, fun opportunity to do that. Uh, seeing if uh,
2: Ms. V is about ready to go here
4: Just a second yep, We
2: got her on here, Eugene We're going we're gonna to bring in Ms. V where She is known as the first lady of the South Carolina High School Blitz uh, Jay, uh, you got to be honest with you, Miss V We're glad to get you back in here And I told you, we're going to keep you busy Keep you moving and keep you on the radio Because Mr. Brown doesn't do the radio stuff So I said, well, guess what? She does a better job anyways Let's keep you on the air How about it, Miss V? Are you with us? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. All right. So we do have you. Okay. I was making sure the connection was good. Now, have you made it back to Columbia? I know you've been on the road all day, so I appreciate uh, the other half letting you hang out with us for 30 minutes, but I also want to make sure you made it home safe after being on the road throughout the day.
7: I did. I did a little bit of shopping, and I'm back here ready to talk with
4: you guys.
2: Well, we're glad to have you. Of course, this weekend, you can catch not only Miss V, and of course, the South Carolina High School Blitz over in Charlotte, North Carolina will be right there with her. And again, Southern Sports Central partner up with the High School Blitz to cover the great state of South Carolina, taking it to the next level. It's the NWO of uh, covering sports, uh, working together to achieve uh, the same goal, and that is to get the exposure of all of these young athletes. And we've got some of the best athletes around the country day after day and play after play. Uh, of course, uh, Miss V, I did, by the way, and, and, and I didn't want to say this until I got you on the air, uh, and I may have to mute uh, Eugene's mic here, but I did get my shirt in today. Mr. Brown followed up. He told me, he said, it'd be there by tomorrow. It was yesterday. I got home, and it was sitting on my front door, and I got to be honest with you. The Southern Sports Central to the right with the logo of the high school blitz and the dead center. Long T-shirt. It is a very impressive with our information about the upcoming senior bowl coming up here uh in, in the next few months. Well, I got mine too. I hadn't
7: opened it yet, but it was on the door when I got here. So
2: we'll <laughs> see what it looks like in just a little bit. It looks good. I tell you, I love it. I tell you, Mr. Brown it's is kinda like Santa Claus here coming at us in, in August. And Eugene, <laughs> don't worry, he's got you one coming. Uh you know, I made sure he got he got you one <laughs> he got you one coming. But uh man, I tell you it, it's an honor to to work with you and and I know we're gonna see you Saturday and uh, Eugene will finally get a chance to meet you, along with the rest of our staff here at Southern Sports Central that will be up there in uh, in Charlotte. You and I had a chance to work together at, at Ben Lippin. But coming from your yeah. point of view, kind of introduce yourself to the listeners tonight and, and what all that you do for the high school blitz and uh, how you help not only the high school blitz, but uh, even, even myself and my staff over here at Southern Sports Central. You're kind of the first lady overall of all of us, making sure that we keep the house
3: clean. <laughs>
7: Well, you know, everybody needs a woman, you know, to make sure you guys are running it correctly. You know, add a little pizzazz and keep you organized, keep you from chasing your tails. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I enjoy uh, what I do. I love, I love the uh, kids. Um, I just like to uh, see these guys, you know, just live out their dreams and and just realize the things that they've been. Um, working towards for so long and then to see when those offers start to come in and it, it, it's it's not just a victory for them but it's a victory for all of us because that's what we want we want to see them get on to that next level and as far as what I do with High School Blitz is usually uh, for the longest I've just been kind of behind the scenes um, and doing most of the uh I guess the media stuff and also uh the website and making sure we have all of our guys accounted for, um, all of the coordinating of the um the important things that keeps this ship sailing. So all the administrative okay. things that co- go behind this organization.
2: Well, Ms. V does a phenomenal job. And, by the way, she's also now doing uh, a lot more as uh, now, of course, helping me, me with uh, the things that I get a chance to give her, uh, 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 throw anything I can at her. She actually made the logo for our, uh, our home run derby. You guys remember we did that about a month ago. She was the one who, who edited it, put it together, and did a great job. We appreciate it. And we're excited. And I told Mr. Brown this. I said, man, look, Ken, we are super-duper excited how God crossed our path and." Did we not know I didn't know and I realized this I think just yesterday or the day before yesterday, the same day that I met Ken for the first time and we had become social media best friends forever, but had never said eyes on one another. We met at the well, the, the the weekend on that Saturday of the high school championship games where three different, you know, levels of high school sports were being crowned champions that day. But I met him on the field and I met you on that same day and I yes, didn't realize is. it until yes, what, two days ago. So lick a guy, yes, can he, he do it?
7: Yes, he can. I mean, you know, one way or the other, um, if he's meant for us to meet, we will meet.
2: Yeah, and that's, I tell you, and it's been a blessing to be a part of uh, you guys, and it's been a blessing to have you all over here with us doing some things, and I can't wait to to walk out there on Saturday together. I know the kids are really pumped because, you know, what we do, you know, uh, we feel like we try to do the best that we do, and what you guys, y'all do an incredible job, and, again, like i tell our team over here i say look they do what we don't do so we kind of do what y'all don't do but we can do it all together and and i kind of put it together like the avengers we're like the avengers in our own ways and you can pick which hero you want to be but right i mean think about it eugene has his thing he's a you know he does a lot of paralegal work on the side so he gives us that love of 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 the Mm -hmm. uh the political side of things sometimes or even Mm -hmm. you know the logistics Mm -hmm. side of things and then of course Mm -hmm. you know your background not only the what yeah. you do on a 9-to-5 job, but your history and your major, which you and I share that mm-hmm. actually in common as well, and what you bring, and, yeah. of course, me and Ken have our thing. Talk to us a little bit about that and how excited you are to see that Southern Sports Central working together with you guys to uphold a standard and taking our athletes to the next level.
7: Well, you're right. It is. Um, I do think it was a divine meeting. Um, And I believe that, you know, everything happens for a reason. People come and go in your lives at a certain time, for a certain period of time, for a certain reason. So uh, with that being said, I think the timing of all of us kind of this perfect storm brewing, if you will, was uh, right on time, especially for the uncertain times that we're living in right now with the, you know, pandemic and the issues that the guys are facing now with not being able to uh, get out on the field and show these college coaches what they're made of in a more standard or um, the traditional way. So they need more than just their, you know, their last film or their workouts to show a college coach, you know, what they're all made of because that's just, a couple of parts of what makes an athlete, you know, it's that personal connection that they don't really get to have in meeting with coaches and recruiters and that sort of thing. And that's where um, I think like your radio show, uh, when you have the guys on, it allows you to talk with them to kind of get a sense of who they are and their accomplishments for everybody that's listening. And then, you know, on our side, you know, with the guys Ken and, and um, Lamont and Coach B, um, they're working with the guys on the, the opposite end of, you know, making sure that their videos are on point, you know, making sure that they're critiquing the videos that they do have out there to make the changes they need to make or to put that wild wow factor, you know, in there or, you know, giving them uh, tips on how to get the attention of a coach. So it's all those little things that people don't think about, um, these guys do that in the background and not looking for any praise they're not riding the coattail of any kid it's just here we are to help you and we're going to do it in the background and we're going to give God the glory so that you can go on and do what you need to do um, so I love 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 that about them which is why um, I am so passionate about working with them because that's that's who they are and um, so I'm just just honored to be a part of all of it you know so i work in the daytime <laughs>
2: uh, paying job
7: in, in the medical field but i love doing this when i get home
2: i love it well we got it we got it all covered we're in the lawyer's office we're in the doctor's office we're hanging out doing our thing and of course live right now with us, this is miss V. she is the first lady over there at the south county high school blitz you like that i gave you that label and i think you should I definitely do. I uh, like that <laughs> <laughs> I like and there's that a lot, Look, there's a lot more to it than that So I'll just leave it that You can open that door if you I want like But I'm going to tell you this It is a blessing to have you and, and you hear the music that we had Coming in here with you And, and we do oh, We yeah, we lead I ourselves did. by God Right And that's, that's just who we are You know, again, I tell kids all the time You're going to make mistakes If you're not making a mistake yeah. Then you're not trying That's just part yeah. of learning Some of the best
3: that's learning
2: just, things you get Is out of a loss, And, and so sometimes yeah. that happens now that being said, let, let's talk some football. Let's talk some kids. And, and you've been doing a great job with a lot of videos. I've seen. You know, that's one thing. By the way, Ms. V does an incredible job. She has got a uh, very creative talent when it comes to this computer stuff, and she does a lot of things like she said behind the scenes. And you know, I know you've done a lot of uh, Zoom that you've able to incorporate in with some very creative videos. By the way, I love it. And I'm able to share that as as well. But. You know, what's some of the things that you've learned uh, coming from your side? And, and we're going to do a lot more come Saturday with a lot of interviews with a lot of kids. But but what's some of the things that Ben Limpin that you learned is that one camp we went to, but you've also reached out to kickers I've seen and some other ones. What kind of what have you taken out of the last three or four, you know, months or last at least four or five, six weeks?
7: Well, it, what I've taken out of it, because I tell the guys before we get started, before we're, you know, well, before we're recording, that um, – This is not a typical interview. It's not something that you got to make sure that you have the right answer to or even an answer at all. Um, It's just to get to know you as the person, you know, because you'll get enough videos, excuse me, you'll get enough interviews from the quote-unquote real reporters and everything about your stats, about, you know, your year, about your position and all those sorts of things that they like to talk about you know, why you chose this school, what kind of school you're looking for, and all those things. They'll get that all the time. And we'll do a couple of those at the beginning just to kind of ease them into um into the process. And then that's when I just flip it and I ask them something that has nothing to do with football or and sometimes I even have to force them to not think <laughs> about football at all and I ask them a crazy question like, if you couldn't play football and they said, No sports whatsoever what would you like to do? Even if you do not know how to do it, you wish you could do, or you are good at that nobody knows about. And I love that question because you find out so much about the kids. You know, so um, that's one of the things I love. You know, because we got singers out there, we got cooks, we have um, entrepreneurs, we have lawn um, lawn maintenance guys. You know, I mean, we have all kind of talented kids. So they're not just football players. They're real people, and they have something to give to society. And it's passed beyond their football skills, and that's what I like to see is to get to know that side of them. And I think that's important for them to allow people to see that because it helps a coach and it helps the university to decide, is this a good fit, not just for on the field but off the field as well? Um, and so, if you can create an emotional attachment to someone based off of learning who they are, one that makes them memorable. You know, you remember them, and I remember them all for one thing or another that they said in that interview. And then two, it makes you commit to them a little more because it becomes personal for you. And that's the kind of connection they want to build with a coach, or build with a recruiter, build with that school. Um, and it makes their decision when it comes point, time for it a lot easier.
0: We're live
2: right now with Miss V. She is the first lady of the South Carolina High School Blitz, also part of the Southern Sports Central family. And, again, you hear the answers that she has. Why do we work together? Because, well, we're all on the same page. And here at Southern Sports Central, when we have these young guys in here, Miss V., it's the same thing. I tell them all the time, yeah. it's like when I go to church, I don't want you to read the Bible to me. I can read what I'm at home. Teach me the Bible. So when I'm on the air with exactly. these kids, I don't need you to read me the stats. I don't need you to tell me yeah. your highlights. Yeah. I have eyes and exactly. I have ears. I can handle that part. Tell me, what do you want to be? So there's a defensive end, yeah. by the way, who's going to Florida. If everything sticks, he's out of filters. <laughs> this kid tells me he's going to be a president. I got another kid yeah. telling me he's going to save the world. I got another young yeah. man that I asked, and this is out of North Carolina, who's going to go run the ball for Navy out of Olympic high school. I asked him, what's your favorite thing to do? He told me the thing that shocked me the most. He likes okay. to read. I've known a lot of dudes, and I've never heard a guy, never heard a football player tell me in my spare time, the favorite thing I like to do is read. I knew right then and there. I had no doubt. When he said Navy, I said, no doubt. That's a great spot for him. But (laughs) I'm I'm with you, Ms. B. I think that's that's incredible. And it's a hard thing to do. It is a hard thing to do to get these kids to not talk about football. And I I tell these kids all the time, you don't like to hear this. But football has an expiration date on it. Baseball has an expiration date on it. Athletics has an expiration date. But your degree, it does not. Your degree has endless opportunities. And so when we try to do that, you know, I think that's impressive. And I've watched a lot of your videos. I'm just as impressed with the video of the intro. And I'm like, well, it can't get much better (laughs) than that intro. And then you blow me out of the water. I'm thinking, well, well, dang, i got to put her to work over here and put her doing some interviews.
7: Well, um, well, like I said before, you know, before I uh, switched over to the medical field, my major coming out of high school was, black well, guess, journalism. That's what I grew up knowing that I was going to do. But you know, when I got sick and um, got diagnosed with lupus, it kind of changed the trajectory of my entire life. And so, I went into healthcare instead. So, you know, it's uh it's in there.
2: Well, you do an incredible job as we're live right now with Miss V. She is, by the way, the uh, first lady of not only, and I give her all the love over there with the high school blitz, but uh, Mr. Ken Brown, who uh, has opened the doors and hearts to his guys and girls over there. We've done that over here, and it's wild. one big reunion coming up on Saturday. But she keeps our house clean, too, guys. Look, it ain't just in the upstate. We put her in the middle of the state for a reason, right, because she don't want to oh, have yeah. to come upstate. and. Yeah, we don't want you down here. You came down here today. I made sure the house was clean. I can promise you.
7: (laughs) (laughs) I tried to sneak in and sneak out, though, but you got me.
2: (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. On Saturday, you, me, Eugene, and a lot of our closest friends around the country, we've got guys from North, South Carolina, Georgia, Virginia. I know for a fact seven, if not 12 guys from Illinois, St. Louis, Illinois, are going to be making a road trip to Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, just outside of Charlotte over in Matthew, North Carolina. What are the yeah. things that you're looking for on Saturday, uh, that you're gonna be really looking for out of a lot of these athletes that we've been seeing get better and better even through this COVID?
7: Well, there were some um some camps and showcases that um Ken has gone to that he's able he's been able to get, you know, some film on from, you know, different uh kids and everything and but the the two positions he we need more film on of guys is the defensive backs and wide receivers. Um, So uh, he wants me to make sure that I look at those guys, uh, you know, first. And, of course, you know, my eyes are going to go to who is ever standing out. So if it's a a defensive back, then great. If it's a wide receiver, that's great too. But my eyes are going to go to the – Guys that I'm seeing, rather than out of the corner of my eye or make me cross eye, whatever, that's gonna <laughs> stand out. And and it's not and 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 it's not so much how well they're doing it, but it's their whole presence. Because I think that that's a, you know that's you gotta look for the total package. And somebody's presence on the field and how they approach what they're doing tells you a lot about what they can do or at least what they're capable of doing. So um, that's what I'm going to look for. I'm going to, and, and they'll know because I, you know, you, I'm all of four feet, well, maybe a little bit more, <laughs> but I will go up to you six, seven, it doesn't matter, and tap you, you know, on the small, of your back, on your kneecap, whatever happens, tap you, and say, hey, I just saw that. That was awesome, and, you know, that's just, You know, that's just who I am. If I see something I like, I'm going to say something. If I don't like it, I'll say something then, too. But, um, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone who has presence on the field.
2: No doubt about it. We will be up there live on Saturday. We're going to be broadcasting live right here on Southern Sports Central. And, yep, you know what? She's going to be joining us live on the air throughout the day. It's going to hopefully be a breezy day as it was about three weeks ago, when we were there in Charlotte, North Carolina, it was hot, but the breeze coming through that complex was on point, on time. It was a little bit harder than I thought it was, and uh, thank God I've got some sleeves for uh, Saturday, and I hope that you got some sleeves as well, there, Miss
7: I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that I do. Um, yeah, I think you said it was going to be long sleeve, so I'll have it. I certainly will. I'll have a long sleeve and my short sleeve, just depending on what it feels like.
2: Now, of course, you're there in Columbia, Ken, and a couple guys in the uh, upstate. We're down here in the lower state, so we've covered the entire state of South Carolina by us partnering mm-hmm. all together and mm-hmm. working together. And, and this mm-hmm. is something that was interesting because Ken said, "Rich, you know the one thing I don't have is that coastline." I said, "Well, hey, guess what? The one thing I don't have is the upstate." He said, "Well, I guess we got everything we want and all we need right here." And uh, like I said, I had just met you. Yep. Here's here's another thing:
3: is
7: I can yes, I live in in Columbia in the middle of the state, but I am from the PD area, so I claim that is right. them already, you know. My, that's why I called, you know, uh, uh, J.J. Jones and uh, T.J. Sanders and, and Nike Johnson, my PD Giants because we all are from the PD, you know, PD area. So, um, yeah, I, I claim that. I claim that area.
0: And,
2: and the cool part with that is I'm a originally from that area. You know, I'm, I'm originally from Myrtle Beach. So so there is a little more connection here. So, look at God. Yeah. I'd say it's been it, – it's yeah. amazing to watch the big man upstairs put mm-hmm. this puzzle together called life. And, and as we continue to do this and, and we continue to bring you on more and, you know, I, and, and we're still going to have – it's going to happen. We are going to have uh, a, a high school blitz show right here on Southern Sports Central where I may not be on it. Eugene might not be on it. Miss V might not be on it, but it will be – It may all of us be on it, but we are going to have it to where once the season starts, we can go through and talk about the week that was from the upper state to the lower state and every school in between there. And we say it that way for a reason, because as you're in Columbia, what type of things have you seen on the news? I know, you know, uh, Mike Uva's done a great job covering it. Of course, uh, Stacy, who is. Uh, He does a lot of stuff with Watch Fox over there with the Friday Night Lights uh, as well. He's been on here with us. But but we're Mm -hmm. minus, and we already know, that Dutch Fork's always on the top of the heat. Let's take Dutch Fork out of the side just for a little bit. But who else are we kind of keeping an eye on up there in the middle of the state uh, when it comes to Friday Night Lights and doing some big things? I know Ridgeview is now part of that 5A conversation as well.
3: Yeah,
7: yeah. Um, The the talk is always, you know, um, like you said, Dutch Fork. Um, and the big thing with um, uh, Hyatt coming back to Williamsburg Stadium uh, for that first game. But past um, past Dutch Fork, Uh you always have the powerhouses of Spring Valley uh, with Robin Bacon over there, and you said Bridgeview, um, Blackwood. Um, is they, they've got some really good players over there at Blackwood as well. Um, and then also we have the – The One of the Dutch sport coaches, I think it's Coach Taylor, who's now the head football coach at Lower Richland High School. So this will be his, you know, his his, uh, debut year. So I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. Uh, They've had many coaches go, you know, come to and from that school. But now that uh, Coach Taylor is there, he's a really good coach, and I am excited to see what Lower Richland is going to look like this year. We already know that Spring Valley and Ridgeview and Blythewood and um, and um, Buff, We already know they're going to show up, and not to not to forget Taping and another school that's on the bias that a lot of people don't talk about is Camden. And Camden has a really good program. There, you know, they don't get as much publicity, I guess, because they're on the outskirts of the Midlands, but they're really, really. Really good, and uh, I think they got some
4: plays that's going to surprise us. Now, this, Eugene, I got a quick question for you. I've seen some of the artwork, I've seen some videos that that you've put out. Uh, are you making those videos, and if so, or if not, uh, and there's an athlete out there that's got some pretty good films trying to get some exposure. Uh, how do they go about getting one of those uh, short videos put together that you promote and put out and get those guys some love?
7: They just inbox me. That's it. Just inbox me. You know, and um, I don't, I, I don't charge, especially for my senior guys, my junior guys. Um, I don't, I don't charge them. Um, I do have <laughs> some kids like eighth grade, and I was like, "Baby, check me out in a couple years." No, no. no. Um, <laughs> but no, they just, they just, just inbox because I do this not to make money. You know, I do it because I love doing it, first of all, and if it's going to um elevate their game, elevate their exposure, then I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So just inboxing, that's all I need
4: to do. Thank you very much, uh Miss B and just wanted to say thank you for coming on. Uh Ricky covered most of the things I just I've known some people who were Seen some of those videos you put out, they were just really in love with those and was like, man, I got to get one of those, you know, that's kind of, that <laughs> might help me get to the next level. You do, you do such great work, but uh just want to thank you for your time and and for joining us and for all you do for the kids uh throughout the state. And uh I'll hand you back over
2: to Richie. All right.
7: Thank you. I, I look forward to meeting you.
3: No doubt
2: about it. Eugene will be up there with us. We're going to have, uh well, Dr. O Otis, of course, he'll be with us. And I've got another gentleman that's going to be joining us here uh, in uh, Saturday. That's going to be over at Matthew's at, right outside of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, at the Carolina Experience Showcase. It's going to be one heck of a opportunity, guys, and I hope and pray that you guys took advantage of these right before. I know Dorchester County, you guys are going to be going to practice starting on Monday. This is one more opportunity to get a work in, and it's not always about getting, you know, uh, see how fast you are, to see how much of this, that, and the other. This is going to be, honest to God, this is going to be some of the best of the best. So you will see what you're like, because I know for a fact there will be some of the top athletes ranked by rivals, ranked by the guys on 24-7 that will be at this camp as there was just three weeks ago and as there was at a few other camps that we were actually at at the Infinity Camp in Columbia, the same one over in Atlanta. So with that being said, Ms. B, thank you again for uh, everything. I look forward to continuing to building uh, this relationship, I promise you, will keep the studio clean in multiple ways, by the way, <laughs> and we'll continue to do right. things the right way. <laughs> we continue, we promise you that. I got Eugene tucking his shirt in now, so we're good. I, I think we're on point. I think we'll keep this thing running. We'll see you, if not before, we'll see you Saturday morning.
7: Okay. I look forward to it.
2: Always a good time. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, and like that, the first lady of the high school, well, South Carolina High School Blitz. Uh, Ms. V joining us here at 7.30 for our segment brought to you by Gerns Pharmacy right here in downtown Somerville. She does a great job, guys. i got to be honest with you. You know, she says she's like four foot in some change, but I'm going to tell you what, when she walks on that field, automatically the respect is given as this, you know that who's running the show, she does the same right here on Southern Sports Central. So we're just blessed to have her a part of what we do is uniting two companies with one vision to accomplish what? One goal. That's what team is all about. I can be the offense, the defense, doesn't matter. As long as I'm on the field, I'm happy to be a part of it. So we do have to go to a break. When we come back, we pick up the bus somewhere in Atlanta, Georgia, where we're going to be hanging out with the guys from 24-7 Sports and a good guy who has been a part of Southern Sports Central, man, for quite some time. And we're going to give you that story of how we all got connected. And it had a lot to do with, well, a guy that is now at University of South Carolina, Mike Bobo, where he used to be at, and some ladies that were connected to that program. So it is a small world, after all, as the ride says up at Disney World. We're listening to, well, the commercial break coming up right now as you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Find us on the web at Southern Sports Central on Facebook and right there on Twitter at So Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere. It is top of the hour, so two are in. The books, here comes our number 30, guys. Don't go anywhere. Coming back next, we hang out in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Welcome back everybody. Hour two. What do you do? It's in the books. It's closed. We're in hour three. We want to thank the first lady of the South Carolina high school blitz. That is Miss V keeping us clean, doing the things that we need to be doing and making sure we're doing it the right way. Now that we've partnered, not one, but two great companies together to accomplish one goal that my friends is what it's all about is the South Carolina high school blitz and Southern sports central coming to you as one. And it's going to be an incredible hour three and why not because I'm going to bring in a good friend of mine a guy who has helped me we'll get a little bit better day after day and that is Mr. Ben Moore what's up Dr. Ben how's life in the ATL
8: I'm, I'm good brother uh everything is good a little bit rainy uh but, but
2: all is well on my end hope uh hope you and the family are doing well we are doing phenomenal but before we talk some uh, other business uh let's kind of give our listeners an, an opportunity to to kind of put this thing together because Mike Bobo, oh, by the way, was at Georgia forever. I think he was there for 30 years. I felt like he was the quarterback in Athens forever and ever. Amen. And then he got a job as a coach, and then he decided to head to Colorado, right, Colorado State, where he was uh, the head football coach. And that, my friends, is how I met the gentleman on the phone with me now, here, Ben Moore, on the, of course, uh, Temp Farm hotlines. Ben, kind of give everybody who's, who's checking us out for the first time how we all connected and how a small world it is now that even Mike Bobo's in the state of South Carolina as the, uh, office of coordinator.
8: Yeah. Everything comes full circle, right? Uh, and, and it's wild. I've got, uh, got friends of mine who, uh, who are, are huge Colorado state fans as well. And, and, uh, know some kids uh, from the state of Georgia the Metro Atlanta area that, uh, I covered in recruiting for 24 seven and, uh, that they went out and played for, for Mike Bobo out there. And now they're, they're on staff here in Metro Atlanta. So, uh, getting to, to you know, swap stories and talk about that, but uh, as you mentioned, uh, Mike Bobo did uh, have a, a solid career there at the University of Georgia as their starting quarterback. Uh, stayed on the staff there with uh, with Mark Richt and uh, as offensive coordinator. And, and quite honestly, was much maligned uh, by the University of Georgia uh, fan base while he was here, even though you had uh, the winningest quarterback. Uh, in the history, I believe, of college full time, and David Green, under his tutelage, uh, sent multiple quarterbacks to the NFL. Uh, then, you know, it came time to, to uh, run your own show and, and get his opportunity. He went out to Colorado State, took his family out there, and, and uh, just uh, for a variety of different reasons didn't really work out. And uh, he is back in the SEC, and, and uh, I know he's he's excited to, uh, to to try to get the season started. Uh, in in, uh, in Columbia as well with his good buddy and, uh, and uh, fellow
2: uh, UGA alum, uh, Will Muschamp. Yeah, no doubt about it. As we're live right now in the headquarters of 24-7 Sports, with the one and only Ben Moore who helps us with the college conversation here in hour number three. He will be with us throughout the college season because it looks like there will be a season. And I'm not saying anything other than positively. We hope that is the angle now. There were a couple of ladies that were, I believe, doing some type of – it was a
3: documentary,
2: it was a book, and they were doing it on the one thing that's very important to the game of college football. That is what? Tailgating 101. Uh, And these, by the way, the ladies that connected me to this fine young man that is now here on the show with me tonight, educating, entertaining, and bringing us all the knowledge that we can. How were those – do you keep in touch with the girls and kind of tell us a little bit for the listeners of of what I'm talking about. And I know you know a lot more about this than I, unfortunately – I didn't get in, into it as much as I know you you were able to, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, professor Debbie Rob, uh, who is a, a listener uh, of your uh, of your
8: show and um, and, and basically her uh, sister got involved and, and she was a professor of hospitality uh, in here at, at Georgia State University downtown Atlanta, and uh, just kind of had an idea, and as both folks who uh, are a whole lot smarter than me, I will say that. Uh, looked at you know college football from the standpoint of of what bonds it together what makes it so special if you're not a sports fan if you're not looking forward uh, and she just found the the outside of the stadium which we certainly may take for granted and, and know it's a part of a Saturday experience uh, she wanted to kind of dive into that and quite literally did a doctoral thesis uh, that on tailgating and the the impact of that the uh, you know the, the the variety of young people to folks who have uh, who've been partaking uh, for for generations, and uh, just truly amazing. And she actually put together a national tailgating uh, championship together, and uh, wanted teams and fans from the teams uh, from different conferences to square off against each other, and in a variety of different things, certainly of the uh, the adult beverage variety, as well as a chili cook off and things like that. Had uh, and games, of course, as we know. You know, from everything from cornhole to, to different things, uh, you know, throwing ball and, and, and different things like that. But uh, it was pretty impressive to kind of see how it breaks down. And uh, but definitely, I, well, we'll reconnect you guys if you, if you need her information, just to kind of get her thoughts on it. And it was it was really really interesting, uh, and, and talking to her specifically about you know getting her viewpoint and she's a fan of college football too so she's not going sure. in completely blind and completely uh you know hey, hey you know uh, necessarily uh not knowing about the college football experience and she's a proud Colorado State Ram and uh, so she, it was it was just fun to kind of talk to her and, and see how it was and she went around the SEC around the ACC uh, up to the Big Ten I believe and just traveled around and and learned and uh, documented tailgating and things like that talking about how the relationship with the tailgaters and the donors and you know their season ticket holders versus folks that as we know uh, don't even have tickets to some of these games that just show up on game day tailgate and watch uh, on, on their big screen and they're uh, you know right outside the tailgate so um, we've seen that I've been very fortunate to, uh, to be attend college football games since I was 11 years old so uh, I, I've seen um, you know, growing up a Florida State fan and have taken many, many trips to Tallahassee and, and uh, you know, hitting some of the cathedrals, certainly in the southeast that are five- or six-hour drive from Metro Atlanta. But, uh, you know, it, it was very interesting to, to talk to her about that. Uh, I don't know where she is in the terms of uh, her doctoral thesis at the last uh, check-in uh, pre-COVID. We, we were planning on driving lunch and, and kind of catching up on that. So we uh, I definitely uh, owe her a check-in. So I, I will probably
2: text her after we get off uh, here. Yeah, I think I'm going to join you in the text as well because I need to get her back in here with us. We're live right now in Atlanta, Georgia. As we were there actually a couple weeks ago with the Infinity Group at a camp, the young man actually at the high school there had committed. He was another quarterback. So the Gamecocks have picked up not one but two great quarterbacks out of the state of Georgia. Got one today, had one a few weeks back. Now, again, Ben Moore is with 24-7 Sports. He's currently helping us here at Southern Sports Central getting us a little bit more education in the world of college football. Ben, when you look at things and and, and kind of talk to us a little bit, I hung out uh, with a guy from 24-7 Sports that covers it for North Carolina, the University of North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, about three weeks ago in Charlotte, and I'm probably going to catch him again coming up this weekend as we'll be there at a camp. But what has been the avenue for you guys? Has it been some of these, uh, I would say, showcases or or combines? Is that the best way that you guys are able to catch up with some of these kids because of – the COVID and, and not having the ability or, or the opportunity to talk to some of them like you normally do?
8: Yeah, there's, there's no question. And you know, we, we do still try to, you know, open the avenues of communication and and what um, it, it's been very, very difficult, uh, you know, just how, how the 2020 class, uh, you know, ended uh, so abruptly there and, and even uh, kids now looking into 2021. And as we know, um, and, and I'm sure you covered it in previous shows as well, uh, you know, it really is a state-to-state decision on, uh, you know, high school football and if they're going to have it. And um, I saw with the state of North Carolina, um, there's several prospects who have basically come out already who have committed and said, hey, look, we're going to just enroll in our colleges in January. We're not going to play spring football. We're going to go ahead and get a jump in. You know, the Charlotte uh, newspaper did, a, did kind of a rundown of, of some of their top players as well. Um, and it's really, really a difficult situation because I can tell you, uh, in covering recruiting uh, for, for more than a decade, Uh, It's one of those scenarios where you always find those kids who maybe were either underutilized or maybe out of position as a junior year Uh, in between their junior and senior year, they gain significant weight, kind of find themselves, the light clicks on at at a a variety of different positions and they, their senior film and their senior season really pops. And there's those kids who have that opportunity who go from having zero offers and not necessarily being rated or on people's radar to having major college offers. Um, I, I know a guy, uh, Hunter Atkinson was a guy here in the Metro Atlanta area who was about a 205-pound tight end prospect and, and played basically, uh, you know, got kind of that outside. And you look at him getting off the bus and he, he wouldn't really, you know, you, you probably look the other way. Um, and he ended up blowing up after a senior film being 235 pounds and one of the top tight ends in the state of Georgia a few years back. Uh, He signs with the University of Georgia after quite literally only having probably four or five offers midway through his senior year. So he just saw it explode. And uh, he was uh, recently signed as an undrafted free agent with the Atlanta Falcons here in his hometown, uh, home city of Lowry Branch, Georgia. So, uh, you know, it's those kind of stories where you look at it and you go, okay, what are those kids going to do? So they have to do things like, like to your point, going to a showcase, going to you know an MV, MVP camp, which is put on by Rusty Mentel. Certainly a name to know for folks um, that are looking to get out there. I know Rusty's uh, doing uh, doing more MVP camps and planning to do more in 2020, and just allowing these kids to have opportunities. Um, you know, to get their names out there, because there are college coaches that reach out to folks in 24/7 who, who in, in the network, and they say, "All right, so you know, wh- wh- where are we looking here, and and who looks good? Who's this and that and the other?" Because the college coaches now, they've kind of got the shackles on. They can't go and travel out and go see can- uh, games themselves. They can't have kids on campus right now. Um, the NCAA continues to push that back, and and uh, if I had to guess, I'd probably say that uh, prospects won't be allowed to attend home games either for the foreseeable future. So how do you really know uh, what these kids look like other than film? And I think that's the biggest thing that I've been trying to talk to parents about, trying to talk to prospects about is just film your kid doing anything, F- film them out in the backyard, running, catching passes, doing speed work, doing drills, uh, ensure, you know, if these kids don't have 24 seven profiles, tell them to reach out to me directly. Happy to help them with that as well as our, our fine folks in the network um, that cover these, these sites, Uh, because it just makes it more credible for these kids you can put it all in one place you can have their twitter profile right there film right there updated height and weight i talked to a kid this morning uh who who basically hadn't had an update didn't know how to update his profile and he had gained two and a half inches and gained about 15 pounds since uh you know a year and a half ago so uh when he was when he was in camp so um it's things like that that just You know, when when you pop it up and you want to have the film on it, and I keep telling uh, parents and coaches and everyone alike, make sure your film is updated from last season. And if it's not, go find your coach and make sure that film is updated so you can send it to as many college coaches as possible and get an
2: opportunity. Good stuff as we're live right now with Ben Moore. 24-7 Sports coming to you live out of Atlanta, Georgia. He does it. Some of the best I've seen, and he's always on time right here on Southern Sports Central. He covers Georgia State, we'll cover that with him before we get him out of here, but we got a lot of other questions that we need to handle first before we get into Coach Elliott and, of course, what's happening over there in uh, Georgia State football. Now, that being said, of course, I've had a chance to work uh, really closely with Daniel Wilcox. He's a former Georgia State staffer, if I'm not uh, mistaken. He went to Georgia Military College, went to At State, played in the league for a while, but he's part of the Infinity guys that were in a camp just about three weeks ago right outside of Atlanta where we were able to get in there and uh, showcase a lot of talent. I mean, a lot of talent. Now, when you look at this, and I know, Ben, you said to get as much film as you can, but shouldn't you, you, I would say encourage, if you're a coach, encourage your kids to go to these style camps because it's not just the, the recruits that may or may not be watching on a live TV or what have you, but it's the amount of film that you're able to get by going against you would think, and I would know, you and I both would know probably, that it's probably the best talent around. You're going to go against guys that are your age, that are your classifications, and maybe better, maybe not, but it's going to be a lot more real live than it has been in the last three or four months.
8: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think, you know, competition, again, you you raise your level of play. Um, I I think, you know, there's there's a lot of times kids, uh, you know, they they always want to go against the best. You find out the kids who – uh, you know who who uh who understand the the level of competition they're facing uh listen you know as a as an 18 year old uh you know I was a guy who thought I could go and, and play college basketball division 1 level and had big dreams to do that uh when I showed up and was a walk on for uh you know for Georgia State uh, way way back when uh, I learned real quick uh the first workouts that wow uh this is going to be a little bit tougher than I thought it was and and you see that too in these camp settings um uh, but it also you, you have Uh, opportunities to, to get better and know that and say, hey, look, you know, it's not always about the guys who are the most physically, you know, athletic or have the athletic gifts. Um, there are little tricks. There's things that you can learn, uh, you can watch, you can go. And, and, uh, and I do know Coach Wilcox, and, and he's, a, he's a great guy as well, has continued to, uh, to do big things and will continue to do big things as well. I know he has worked uh, before in the past with the scouting department for the Baltimore Ravens. So you're quite literally talking to a former NFL player and someone who has played in the league uh, who didn't go to a big school? You know, he he went to, back back to App State when when App State was uh, Division One AA, and, and certainly they had a tremendous amount of success there, and had an opportunity in a long career in the NFL as well. Uh, and you know, the the more coaching you can get, uh, the more information you can gather, and certainly the competition level. Uh, if you can attend one of these camps, I mean, it, it's worth it. I tell you know parents and kids all the time. You know, look, you know, the the number one thing. Um, that will really separate kids from the bunch is, is just going to these camps and understand the camp scenarios. Because, too, if you're an underclassman and, you know, the, the, the time will certainly hope, uh, hopefully open back up in 2021 where, you know, team camps will exist again. Uh, I know for a fact i to college coaches in multiple conferences who say, look, you know, if, if we can get kids on campus and we see how they compete, uh, we're more likely to offer them and certainly more likely to uh, to sign them and see how they compete. Um, you know, in, in our camp setting and our camp scenario, certainly have seen that in the past as well. So uh, it is critical, it is important, comfortable, and and really you can start it. I'm sure you guys had uh, had ages, uh, you know, several ages there as well with multiple underclassmen, and I think that's part of it too. You just get used to the camp setting and see what the expectations are, and knowing you know what to do as a skill position player, as a, as, a, as a defensive back, as a cornerback, uh, things like that, going through that setting. Uh, which is a little bit different, um, and, and just, again, again, getting, you know, correct height and weight, you know, get, getting things, you know, you know, doing things like simple 40-yard dash, knowing how to run a 40-yard dash. There's a lot of kids that think they can run, you know, four fours, and they get out there and actually do it, and they're significantly slower because they don't really know how to do it. So uh, it's little <laughs> things like that, little tips like that that you learn, you know, getting in and out of breaks, young wide receivers, young young defensive backs, knowing how to, you know, uh, you know, anticipate moves, how quick their hips are, are coming in and out of breaks, and things like that. Um, there's there's things like that that uh, that really need to come out, and and uh, that's the best part about it. You know, the one on one competition, uh, it's you versus me, and then let's see who wins this uh, this rep.
2: We're live right now with a man, of course, covers for 24/7 Sports. He also is a contributor here on Southern Sports Central, Ben Moore, who is also very close and covers the Georgia State program up there with Coach Elliott. Now, Coach Elliott has had nothing but sweet success, kind of like sweet tea here in Somerville when it comes down to talent coming out of our state. Why is that? Well, he's from the state of South Carolina. But he came here and talking about a young man that made the most out of his opportunity was Chase Simmons. Chase Simmons coming in at about 6'4", 240 pounds. He's a class of 2021 out of North Myrtle Beach. He went in to this same camp I'll be at on Saturday. Now, he was here three weeks ago, been with no offers. He came out. Since then, he's had a handful of offers. But the first one that he got was from that same school that you cover. And this, again, Chase Simmons he had an incredible, I mean, an incredible opportunity to go against some commits to Clemson and some other commits to other universities where he was able to show his ability to come across as a defensive end very impressive. Have you had a chance to – kind of look at some of the films since you guys have offered him up there at Georgia state and, and possibly uh, he could easily be uh, daunting those colors here this time next year.
8: Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. I uh, was really impressed and, and, just kind of learning a little bit about him. And I have talked to chase uh, since, since he has been offered. And uh, it, it's one of those situations where you look at his film and the kid just has a tremendous motor, you know, and that's it's uh, you know, he, he gets in and out of, you know, uses his hands really well, uh, and something too you you learn more about him and you talk to him and and uh you know again he's a high caliber uh wrestler in the state as well and and you see that in in his you know athleticism his handwork getting in and out and understanding to have that one on one combat with the you know with their offensive lineman, um being able to to slip that block be able to put multiple moves together and you know again ha- having the physical gifts is well to, to add to it. And he's putting significant work. Uh, you know, as we, we know there's, there's a lot of folks uh, who, who uh, use this pandemic uh, to their advantage. And he certainly has, he's put some work in his body and lifting and, and eating correctly and doing things that way. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's showing in a big way. Uh, as you, as you mentioned, he's, he's picked up multiple offers and multiple SPS offers after being completely out off the radar. So uh, that you know, shows you it can be done um, and, and looking forward to seeing his progression and, and go. And, and once he kind of uh, looks and sees and narrows his list down, but uh, his, his workouts uh, are, are impressive and, and he's, he's a physically impressive young man and uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what, what is, uh, you know, this, this home stretch here for his recruitment.
2: No doubt. Again, uh, let's stay on the recruiting trail for Georgia State since we've opened that door. And uh, I believe there was another young man that got an offer just uh, last, earlier this week. And, yeah, that just adds to the numbers because there's already a ton of Palmetto kids on the roster, one we're going to talk about here in just a few. But when it comes to the recruiting in the state of South Carolina, do you really just kind of say, look, he's from the state, he knows the state, he coached. Over with the Gamecocks as an offensive lineman, he was an interim coach during the, between the, the, the course of the Spurrier days going in there to uh, bringing in the coach they have now. That being said, what is the success that he continues to have, not just in South Carolina, but, man, everybody wants to play for a guy, and we're very blessed to have him as a guest on a regular basis. But, you know, what, what is it? I mean, he seems like he walks in and it's almost – he walks out with at least uh, a handshake and, and a conversation.
8: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Certainly, like you mentioned, he's from the state coach of the University of South Carolina. But, um, you know, you look at, you know, as well several of his assistant coaches have firm ties in the South Carolina. Josh Stepp, his uh, a tight ends coach and, and was at, at uh, for, for a portion of the spring, was recruiting running backs as well, where you saw several offers go out um, in the state of South Carolina. And you just had success with, with players from the state of South Carolina. We've seen that. Um, you know, it come out. I mean, you know, for everyone from Sam Pinkney, wide receiver Sam Pinkney, who is a guy who had major power five offers, even uh, was offered at Jimbo Fisher's camp down at Florida State uh, a few years ago, uh, to guys that are a little bit under the radar like Roger Carter. He comes and signs two more uh, athletic freaks uh, in, in Amon Green um, who, uh, who may have an opportunity to see the field. Uh, this season as well. So um, I I think he's done a very good job, certainly scoping that talent. And and really I've talked to folks um, who cover the Carolinas, um, you know, in in our network. And it's just, it's been interesting. You know, there's been a lot of uh, conversation with a lot of kids where, Hey, it's a very under-recruited area. So coaches Mm -hmm. don't necessarily know know where to go or know where to look. Um, And I I think there's, there's certainly a lot of opportunities to go uh, all around the state there and, and pick kids out and see where it fits. And um, you know, there's a, you know, certainly a high level of football that has been grabbed. But I think the, the national narrative is, is hey, if, if South Carolina or Clemson necessarily is not uh, after some of these kids, maybe it's not, it's, you know, it's not worth as much time and resources. But I, I firmly disagree with that, uh, and you're seeing that bear out. I mean, you've seen, uh, you know, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, skill position guys. Um, you know come off the board and uh, more programs are certainly looking uh you know to the state of south carolina and grabbing some kids and uh, coach elliott certainly has taken advantage of his time uh, time in atlanta
2: no doubt about it here in the great state of south carolina this is where the ballers ball and trust and believe me you can say what you will and i know you just gave us a big compliment And on behalf of all of our state we say thank you for the kind words that you said because we do we got gamers here and the shame on anybody that doesn't come through our state to come pick what you want because you look at, see what Navy's doing. Well, they're coming to South Carolina, Georgia state, coming to South Carolina, Tennessee coming to South Carolina to come and get these athletes. Uh, Chris Johnson is a young man that I know is on uh, over there. He spent some time up there in burns if I'm not mistaken. I know he's on your campus, but the one kid I want to talk about, and we won't spend much time, but I just want to kind of get an inside conversation on uh, a, a quarterback that we know personally here on the show, because he's been a guest after winning the state championship is uh, Kurt Ardo, who is an incredible person, first and foremost, but is an incredible quarterback as well. Uh, Do we know kind of uh, his status? Uh, I've been in conversation, but from your point of view, you know, where are things, and I know Coach Elliott's heart right now has got to be pretty heavy because he's a very, uh, one of those loving coaches that they're hard to find as much as he's gotten as close to his players.
8: Yeah, it's tough. You know, McKelly Colorado was the Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of South Carolina in 2019 as a high school senior and uh, coming out of Chapman High School over there in Inman. And, uh, you know, he he was an early enrollee, Georgia State, graduated in December, uh, came and enrolled in Atlanta, uh, was on campus in January going through winter workouts. Uh, of course, COVID shut the university down, as it did most of the country uh, there in really the second, third week, week of March. Uh, he went back to South Carolina, did the rest of spring semester uh, online, only having basically a week of spring practice to go through. Uh, Comes back to campus, uh, getting ready for fall camp, participates in fall camp one day, uh, tests positive for COVID-19. And uh, basically, you know, for the better part of two and a half, three weeks, battles it pretty hard and, and um, the good news is and, and uh if you if your listeners haven't seen I would definitely highly recommend it, and uh, come follow me on twitter at benmore more twenty four seven I retweeted the the uh, athletic piece on it. It was a great interview uh with him and his mom talking about it. his mom's actually a nurse practitioner and talked about hey you know something's something's a little up here. you may want to go get tested and take a look uh before he was reporting back to fall camp. He reported back uh, they got the test results and of course Georgia uh, George state helped him out but uh the George state trainer Um, actually recommended hey look you know it it may be a good idea to go get your heart checked out and go see a cardiologist Mm so uh, it was it was definitely great advice from the Georgia state university training staff and shout out to bob murphy and that crew um, who gave him say you know sage advice there and uh, he did uh, found out that he had uh, basically a heart condition already pre-existing that uh, hey look you know you need to be knowledgeable about this and and we know certainly the, the effects of COVID can be uh, different from each individual uh, if there's if there is existing things or not. Uh, so just be mindful of it. Uh, he came out today on Twitter and said, "Hey, um, you know, basically he hasn't been medically clear and he's shutting it down for the 2020 season, which uh, is is a tough blow as you mentioned for him. Uh, was he was trying to get in the mix? So it's going to be a three team uh, three guy race." basically for that starting quarterback position vacated by dan ellington last season and uh, you know mckelly has got a good head on his shoulders uh, as i've said multiple times in multiple interviews today uh he's a kid that's wired right uh he's, a, he's i think equipped to handle this uh young man that uh, takes his faith very seriously as well and understands that uh just sent him a note little, little note earlier today hey man just thinking about you praying praying for you and uh you know i I'm looking forward to uh to seeing you on, on better times and, and uh, but I think he's he's definitely uh become a national name uh, we've seen the stories explode uh today from cable news networks and different things like that picking up on the national news cycle but um you know I think the story certainly needs to be told um, that uh, and again again big credit to him big credit to uh to georgia state for for understanding that. Uh, taking it a level of seriousness and say, hey, you may want to investigate this. We may want to take a look at this and get a referral here. Um, because the effects of, of COVID are, are just so – um, you know unknown at this point we just don't know a ton about it and the impact uh, certainly on young people so uh, it is a blow but uh, it's not one that uh, we don't expect him to come back in 2021 and, and uh, it's just something again to keep an eye on uh, the rest of his life and, and I did send him a note as well I, I, I grew up uh, was was diagnosed with a heart condition when I was four years old called SVT uh, It basically causes your, your heart to to race up to 250 beats a minute. Uh, Thankfully, it went into remission when I was younger, so I was able to play sports uh, growing up. So it's certainly not a sentence uh, where you cannot compete at a high level, as we uh, hope uh, for McKelly. and and, uh, knowing that uh, the Georgia State Panthers will be in good hands uh, down the line, and and certainly uh, this year he'll he'll be able to take as a redshirt and come back next season as a redshirt freshman.
2: As always, great work here by the one and only Ben Moore, 24-7 Sports, covering it all around, of course, uh, focusing right now on Georgia State football. Let's talk football overall. Mention Georgia State in this conversation, if you don't mind as well, Ben. But you see the Big 10 they they're not playing, but there's a lot of upset mamas. And i got to be honest, if you want to get the ball moving off the field, you upset a mama and it gets moved pretty quickly. But then Pac-12, they're not playing. What's your, what's your guys over at 24-7 thought right now the season that's coming out? you got the SEC playing their own regular season. It's going to be nothing but the SEC. They, of course, the Tigers pick up the Citadel. I'm, I'm not really understanding that, nor am I understanding Coastal going to Kansas. You know, there's just a lot of things that, 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 I don't know, help me out a little bit here. Give me your thoughts on all the things that have happened in the world of college football the last three weeks as how you guys have looked at it at 24-7 yeah, it's been wild,
8: and you know as a part of a network, and again, being very fortunate and blessed to uh, to cover college football during uh, the fall. Uh, it, it's tough, and and, I, and my heart goes out to the guys who, who have uh, sites in the, within the Big Twelve, Big Ten network, and the Pac-12 network who have seen their seasons disappear, and uh, it becomes a content desert, unfortunately for you. You know, you don't get to go to games and cover games, uh, so there is a little bit of envy that happens. And and uh, I've reached out to a couple of my you know compatriots who who cover uh, you know up at Ohio State, cover Michigan, cover you know out out west of Washington, Oregon, get in on those guys because it is difficult. You now we this is what we love to do as well you know a lot a lot of times these this isn't their full-time job they're guys that are doing this for the love of it uh getting to uh to spend saturdays at uh sometimes their alma mater sometimes uh, just the team where they are locally covering but uh you know it, it's it's difficult and, and i think there's there's really uh, it's going to bear out, unfortunately, or fortunately, just depending on how you're looking at it. Uh, it's going to bear out in terms of uh, what conference was right, what conference made the right decision versus what made the wrong decision. Uh, you know, I know there's certainly a lot of issues and a lot of conversation in the Big Ten, uh, just because some of their high-caliber, uh, you know, programs, you know, we know are national brands like Ohio State. Uh, you had, you know, potentially uh, one of the favorites for the Heisman Trophy, if not the favorite, in Justin Fields, and a guy who's going to probably go to top five in the NFL draft in 2021. Um, And and I think it's just been more has come out about, uh, you know, really the leadership issues and and, and some of the conversation and really the divisiveness between one school president to the other, which of course that bubbles up publicly and and folks talking about that. We've seen, you know, uh, programs like Nebraska and Iowa come out and say, Hey, look, you know, we want to play and we'll potentially go find somewhere else you know, thankfully cooler heads have prevailed for there, but uh, ultimately college sports is a business college football is a major business. And uh, I did read last week where the Iowa AD came out and said, look, this is, this is catastrophic losses, you know, 50 to $70 million lost in in revenue in terms of home games and TV payouts and things like that. And that's also why a lot of these teams are playing. You know, I do get to get a chance to cover Georgia state day to day. um, And and thankfully, you know, for a Sunbelt program in the group of five, uh, they are financially okay. I I won't say they're good, but they're okay. Um, You know, and there's other programs that are not, and there's, and, and, the one difference that georgia state has over many many fbs programs is they don't have any debt they have no debt from their facilities um there are other programs that do you know these folks who uh, who build these monstrosities and, and huge add-ons to their uh, their football operations and weight rooms and things that all costs money and uh, typically that those those debt payments just like having a mortgage on your house you got to pay it every month if not uh you know, they, they come calling for it. So, um, you know, that's that's part of the, what, the reason why some of these schools are calling. Uh, from what we have basically seen, the SEC and ACC are leaning on the Big 12 and making sure they're kind of in agreement of, hey, we're all in this together, we're all going to play. And you've seen the American Athletic Conference, Conference USA, and the Sun Belt mirror that as well. And now you're starting to see some of the plans are being pushed out. Hey, we're going to have 20 to 25%. Uh, fans in the building and how that's going to work. Uh, will there be tailgating? Will there not? And that's the biggest thing. Uh, I was talking to someone earlier today. Uh, how the how the states differ. You know, they you know the, the state of Alabama how it changed versus the state of Georgia or the state of South Carolina or North Carolina. Uh, every state's governor is now involved, and you have city elected officials involved. Hey, this is how we're going to handle college football when you know fans come in and how many fans come in. Uh, being able to dictate what you can do, what you can't do. It's going to be a very, very different experience. Um, but I think, uh, you know, at least for the folks that I have heard in terms of the publicly uh, placed plans, it has been impressive, and you see there's a tremendous amount of thought to the logistical challenges that this will bring. Um, I know Georgia Tech and Georgia announced their uh, their plans yesterday. I, did, I think I saw South Carolina as well. Uh, University of Alabama has talked about it as well. Uh, but it all is also dependent on uh, you know cases in their local area uh, staying down, and uh, I think that's critical as well. You've seen the, the University of Alabama's athletic director hop on Twitter and say, uh, seeing you know packed out bars and pictures of restaurants and things like that, saying, "Hey, if you guys want college football, then what you need to do is uh, wear a mask and uh, uh, take this virus seriously. Uh, if not, you won't be uh, be attending uh, Tide games." So uh, hopefully that message was loud and clear.
4: This is uh, Coach Benton here, man. Uh you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is kind of your 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 headache as you said, you know, one of your frustrating parts of the job right now, and that's going back to recruiting. Uh my understanding, and correct me if you're if I'm wrong, is you know, kind of your area is either Georgia or that Midlands uh Atlanta area for twenty four seven, is that correct?
8: Yeah, so so basically, um, you know, I, I'm a publisher uh for pantheal so I cover cover Georgia State, but have been covering you know, cover recruiting uh, for, for basically since I, I'll say I, I've had my friends recruited. So, uh, I wasn't a recruited athlete in high school, but, uh, started working, uh, working with 24 seven officially and, and collecting a check uh, about five years ago. And, uh, it, it, we, we, I cover, you know, kids basically. So you know, we have, uh, we go and do camps. We do go and do, you know, I'll go to hit probably 30 high school practices in a normal year. Obviously this isn't a normal year, so I can't get out there. Can't go see workouts and things like that. Uh, but yeah, you know, there, there's not really a territory. I mean, I would say Metro Atlanta uh, for the most part, but, uh, you know, I, I do follow, uh, you know, as as kids come and go. As we know, uh, kids can travel into Metro Atlanta for uh, for camps and such.
4: Is there someone with 24-7 that covers, uh, let's just say, for the example, uh, the coastal area of South Carolina or, or the low country area?
8: Yeah, I can get you connected, absolutely. We've got some guys um, that are over in that neck of the woods, and, and uh, whether it's the publisher's, uh, you know, uh, uh, of, some, of uh, several sites. But I, I can get you linked up, and I'll and I'll, uh, I'll send Rich some information and some uh, some contact information for you. That's not a problem at all.
4: We've had a bunch of guys on, you know, the guys that are running, you know, Infinity and, and uh, Carolina Exposure mm-hmm. Camps. And, you know, one of the things that Rich and I have always banged our head against the wall, you know, when we talk to these guys and we finally kind of got some some good advice and, and something you said earlier kind of, you know, ties a little bit of it together. Uh, and part of it is, you know, with the low country – um, which is crazy to me because it seems like anybody would want a trip to Charleston, although we know most recruiting visits are kind of in and out. Uh, is that, you know, uh, when you look at South Carolina, you'll see a ton of the big schools, you know, the big colleges, and a lot of offers go out to the upstate kids, that Greenville, Spartanburg, Rock Hill area. Mm-hmm. And, and what we've seen is because of the metro, it, it's on that corridor, that 85 corridor from Charlotte to Atlanta. Now, you do have some in Columbia because it's, a, you know, 45-minute drive south of Charlotte, Uh, you know, one of the things, you know, we have ballers, too, in the low country, you know, and and up and down the coast. I I know Myrtle Beach has some as well. And so it's just been a a headache in in trying to get these guys promoted and and out there. And one of the things that was mentioned is just, you know, it's hard to get to those guys, you know, when college coaches only have a certain amount of days, a certain amount of time, you know, to get in and out. Uh, So, you know, that's kind of where we're tying in. And then what you said was, you know, oftentimes, if South Carolina or Clemson aren't on a dude, you know, other schools think, you know, well, they're there in the home state. And it must be something they see or, or heard so they don't, you know, kind of get that attention. So what we've been trying to do is to try to find a platform to get those guys out there, um, you know, get that exposure, to kind of generate that interest and say, hey, you know what, I, you know, this guy's worth making a trip. Uh, and I know there are exceptions. You know, there, there's kids that come from low country that have done really well. But over and all, if, if you look at it from the state standpoint, you know, the big piece of the pie, just that crust at the top seems to get most of the attention. I'm not sure if you would agree with that. It just seems like it when you look at the offers. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not willing to say that, you know, all the upstate kids are just better athletes. You know, maybe the national guys think that or, or feel that way. Maybe they feel like they get better training or something like that. Not really sure, you know, but uh, whatever it is, it does seem like, you know, when the state of South Carolina, you look on that recruiting map, it just kind of seems to be focused on the I-85 corridor.
8: No, I'd agree with that. And, and I think the biggest thing, and I'm just scrolling as you're talking, uh, scrolling through the top top 20 prospects in the state of Florida, I mean, in the state of South Carolina there. Um, and it, it's interesting because you see where they're committed. It's Florida and it's ACC schools and SEC schools. And I think that's where you see that, that the drop and you see that middle tier and, and then you see programs like App State. Charlotte in the conference USA, East Carolina, Georgia State. You know, these th- that's really where the sweet spot is and where I've even said uh, really in the last four years in the four cycles, uh guys th- these are the programs that are feasting on these kids and going and find those guys that are just under that where they may be, you know, 6 foot 1 defensive tackles, not 6 foot 3. Uh you know, going and getting uh, you know, wide receivers that may be six one and not six three and a half, six four, or finding those guys that can develop. Because as I remind them, a ton of folks, you know, you have kids a lot of times, especially uh, in areas that are, uh, you know, that you know, depending on what's happening at home. Um, You know, I had folks from my alma mater, a little little bit of a rural area, just off, uh, you know, 85, uh, 75, 85 connector here in the metro Atlanta area where he was a 205-pound defensive end. He ended up graduating five years later after a redshirt year at 280 pounds. So uh, it's that kind of development where you have to be able to look and concentrate and and truly be able to evaluate film and evaluate guys, uh, which it can be difficult. And I think that's the biggest thing that this 2021 I think even 22 cycle will tell us a ton you'll see who can recruit what staffs can recruit and what staffs are going to take a bunch of uh you know for lack of a better term filler some guys that are that may uh not fit necessarily but they just need to get bodies in there for practice and uh you see the other side go you know came out yesterday the NCAA division one council said hey you know fall sports uh athletes will likely have a free year of eligibility whether they play games or not this fall. So that's also going to impact the 2021 and 22 classes because you got to look at it and go, all right, do we save some scholarships? Do we, uh, you know, go and look and take a hard look at some of our committed players? Will there be kids that pop um, that, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, that do, you know, play around the Southeast, that play, you know, in the state of Georgia or, or, or Tennessee or, or different things like that that may knock one of our guys out, um, those decisions happen. And, and I know at the Power 5 level, talk to my um, colleagues uh, who cover other programs and certainly national programs, and they're expecting a decommit season uh, in, in, you know, late, late November, December like we haven't seen in a few years. So, um, you know, I, I would just continue to, to tell folks and high school coaches and high school parents and kids, uh, you know get as much as you can get on film as possible uh, you know keep keep updated with stats and, and things like that because uh, you know again I, I collect checks so I'm, I'm gonna uh, be not, not exactly be objective but uh, I know we we uh, do very well in terms of getting uh, kids profiles updated uh, reach out to folks who cover us uh, you know who cover you know that that area we can certainly help and, and Richie has my information we am happy to speak with with kids and I think that's Another side is, well, to, to let kids know, hey, look, just because you're not being, you know, offered by programs that you believe are, are worthy, go where you want it, you know, where, you, where the relationships are the best. You know, I've talked to kids, and they say, hey, well, this, this offer isn't good enough. Uh, I, I was a walk-on. In, in college and I had to pay my own way. Uh somebody would give me some money, uh I would definitely uh yeah, I would have felt wanted. So, uh you know, definitely encourage <laughs> folks to do that and, and, and go that way. But uh but no, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's one of those scenarios where it is difficult. Um you know, I found even in North Carolina there's some under severely under recruited areas uh where you're seeing some some FCS programs kind of go in there and feast. you know, you've seen, and I think Furman's done a good job really at, you know, at programs like App State has sweeped in there, you know, in, in South Carolina, Furman. Um, you, you've seen different things like that who, you know, uh, where, where they've grabbed kids who probably should be playing at, you know, higher level schools, but, you know, the higher level
2: schools didn't have an opportunity to get them and credit to those coaching staff for going in there and grabbing them. We're live right now wrapping it up with Ben Moore, 24-7 sports. He covers it for Georgia State, but he covers it right here all on Southern Sports Central, of course. uh, We're always glad to get you in here, Ben, and we've given you a break, brother, but as long as you don't mind, we'd love to have you. Maybe we can look at the schedule if either a Sunday or Thursday works best for you. I'd love to get you in on a regular time, and that way – you know, we kind of have it penciled in, but you bring in the knowledge and, and I am going to send some cats your way, some young kids your way, because, you know, we've got a lot of young athletes that are listening. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They're looking for direction. It's kind of like if you go downtown Charleston or even maybe downtown Atlanta where there's a bunch of restaurants, you know, the tourists are always looking for you to tell them where to go. Well, that's kind of if you think about it, that's what these young kids are doing right now. They're parents right now. They don't understand because. We're in the land of unknown, but if we can help them, lead them, and direct them by guys like you and a few others that come on our show, man, I greatly appreciate the love and the attention and, of course, the time.
8: Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me, and we'll uh, we'll definitely make it happen. And, uh, yeah, feel free. Anybody that wants to come come follow me, come yell at me uh, on social media. I'm on Twitter, uh, benmore four seven, and the email is Ben at PantherTalk.com. Ben at PantherTalk.com. Come and find me, and
2: uh, anything I can do to help, please
8: don't hesitate to reach out.
2: We're doing it, buddy. I'm going to catch up with you off the air. But, again, thanks for all the time. And you've done it before because just like that, I don't have to – when you got a guy in here, as much as I have had, of course, Ben's ear and his voice here on the show, he knew exactly what was coming up next, and he dropped the knowledge pretty quick, brother. God bless. Stay safe. Tell the family I said hello, and we'll do it again here real soon. Sounds good, brother. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, the one thing I get a chance to do is meet so many great guys like that young man right there who does so many great things, not only for the Georgia State group, but he also does it for anybody who crosses his path. He's definitely been doing it in style. we got to take a quick break, pay a bill or two. We'll be right back. This, of course, is Southern Sports Central Live on Blog Talk Radio. Find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central and on Twitter. That's at Sports Central, guys. Don't go anywhere. The final segment coming up next.
6: My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the tent farm and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense.
1: Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed, I called the farm.
6: I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed, call the farm. All right, we're coming
4: up on the final segment here. Uh, you know, as a recap, you know, we started off talking some, uh, some sports here. You know, what's going on? We got uh, the Jay Williams in, the commissioner of the Low Country, or excuse me, of the uh, Youth High School Football League, and he was talking about, you know, the big games they had going on, some of the scrimmages recently. they got, you know, some big games coming up. Uh, we followed up with Big Miss V. You know, that was an honor to have her on. She's such a huge part of what we're doing, uh, our, our goals our mission, you know, the, that is promoting the kids from South Carolina. She does a great job. And like she said, her goal uh, at the end of the day, if a kid gets an offer, it's a victory for all of us. And I love that quote. Uh, she's just such a passionate person. And as she said, if you're a junior, senior, you want to get some film in, you want to get that video done, you know, reach out to her. I know some folks have already done that and taken that opportunity. We just uh, followed up and ended the show, so to speak, with the guests, with uh, – with With Ben Moore, he covers uh he works for twenty four seven sports they're one of the big national recruiting services. His area, like you said, is kind of that Georgia area around the Atlanta metro area. However, if you're a dude out there, you're a cat, you're a dog, you got some film, you want some love, you know hit him up. Uh, we put it out there on Twitter his contact information you know feel free to reach out to him you know if, it, if he's the guy that's not covering your area, he's got part of the the national network there, he can get somebody uh to you and help you out. Uh, you know, so it's been a great show. It's been a great visitors. Uh, you know, we're one thing away that uh, we still need to cover, and that's the rest of the SEC schedule. We'll get to that in the next show. We're kind of run out of time. We get all these action packed guests in, and there's so much stuff to cover. But uh, you know, stay tuned for the the final, I should say, the final show on the SEC uh, lineup. Uh, we still have uh, six more game or five more games to go. We got through the first five on Tuesday, so we'll cover the first, the next five, the last five. Uh, and give our predictions for the SEC championship game, as well as uh, hopefully by then we'll have uh, we'll be able to start breaking down the ACC schedule. And then by who knows uh, soon, we should have the Big 12 schedule for those Big 12 fans out there. Um, but, you know, it's been a great show. Uh, Richie, uh, you know, it started off with a little bit of a bang. I know you kind of got blindsided with the uh, alma mater stuff there with your high school program. But, you know, <laughs> we took that and ended up on a positive note with some of these uh, great guests we had tonight.
2: Yeah, we definitely did, and uh, great job for uh, of course you handling us over there on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, shame on you. Get on it right now. So Sports Central. You can follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Eugene does a great job throughout all of their desks through all of the quotes, and he puts it right there, so you can follow it as you listen to it. It's pretty neat. You can tweet at us. We'll answer the questions right here on, of course, Southern Sports Central. You can always call us when we're live. That means. The door is open. The opportunity there. The table is set. Just come down, sit down, and let's have a conversation. Of course, like you mentioned, you know, with all the great guests, and we'll go backwards into who we just had, Ben Moore. Ben's been with Southern Sports Central for, shoot, now at least five or six years, constantly coming in and educating entertaining, and entertaining and bringing in all the knowledge that he does. And he does a great job of uh, covering so much. Even though he focuses on Georgia State, he is part of the 24-7 group. He is part of Southern Sports Central, a huge contributor, and a ton of knowledge. I am going to get more information out to you as he and I actually have been texting back and forth. And, um, you know, again, so much to get to and not as much time as you would think in three hours, Eugene. It goes by pretty fast. And like you mentioned, Miss V, wow, she continues to just impress us here at Southern Sports Central. And like she mentioned, you know, she's the lady of the house here in Southern Sports Central. She is the first lady over there at, of course, um, the South Carolina High School Blitz. And uh, we have partnered our companies together because our vision, our mission, and our direction is in the same way. And it it's going, of course, for the young athletes. And I have coined this for the 2020 season going forward, Southern Sports Central. Again, when it comes to the kids, the kids, you know, you know they don't, they're different. They, they are different than we were when we were younger. They understand certain things. But kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's kind of where I was getting in with that. But when you think about that, there's a lot of truth in that. Even think about it from your younger days. I'm 42. Eugene, you're right there with me as, as well. But the guys who had the biggest impact on us are the guys that I knew. Why this guy or that guy didn't believe in me. But when that guy did, well, guess what? It meant just that much more. Of course, uh, she continues to uh, add to the show going forward. We are going to have a – High school only, where, of course, uh, all of them and all of us will get together and come together and make a really impressive show. And also, Everett Sands. How about that? Everett Sands is going to be kicking off a show here maybe as early as next week. So that's right. While we're live on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, we've already got two other shows, totally different avenues, doing totally different things. are going to be dropping down some knowledge throughout the week. So this will be a very busy place here In the next couple of weeks, with a lot of new announcements coming out as early as possibly Monday afternoon. We'll wait and see how that works out. Now, of course, uh, Jay Williams is the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He's also one of the coaches at the Woodland High School, that's right outside of St. George in Dorchester County, over in Dorchester, South Carolina. He joined us, as he always does, on Thursday for the, of course, Tent Farm segment and uh, did a great job getting us ready for what's coming with the young athletes around the youth programs. Again, we believe in the youth. We focus on the high school, and we love on the college. It's not that we don't like the pros, but we work our way through the first three, and then when time permitting, we'll cover the rest of those in and around the world of sports. Unless somebody calls, we kind of stay with what's on the menu. And then how about this? Yes, Eugene kind of got me with that whole, what do you think about? Socasty and the Braves and the petition is going around to get rid of the name. But right after that, it was the godfather. The godfather, of course, is Cubby. Cubby has been a big-time listener, a huge supporter. Listen, the guy in the hospital had a phone ring, answered it. It's Davo Sweeney, if that kind of tells you the kind of guy that he is. I thought he did, um, you know, he did an incredible job coming in here tonight, asking a lot of great questions. And, uh, you know, we just had a good time. He's down there. He is the mayor, quote-unquote, of Edisto Beach down there. Uh, just south of Charleston. If you get down and just say, hey, can you help me find Cubby, trust and believe me, somebody's going to get you in the right direction. Of course, Clemson Tom, back in his day when he was in here with us, uh, we always had a lot of fun. Uh, There's another guy that I'm going to get in here with us as early as uh, Sunday, maybe Tuesday, is Tony Angolini. Tony, by the way, is a huge Florida Gator fan. Eugene, you guys, uh, I may have to separate you guys because you guys are both going to be having – a Florida Gator love fest on the show. So I'm going to have to keep an eye on you two, but uh, he's down there in Jacksonville. He's been our connection to the Gators uh, for quite some time. Uh, you'll get excited out of some of the things that he says. He's been a longtime Gator. His dad, of course, remembers the days of carrying him uh, down there into the swamp, watching things and doing things. But uh, Tony, of course, had not had him in a while on the show. Of course, he usually comes on during college football season. Hopefully we get him back in and, that's when you'll see Clemson Tom. He and I talked yesterday. He's also talking about, you know, look, let me, let's get back in here. Let's talk some football. So it is going to be an exciting yet energetic, educational, entertaining, all of those things in one right here on Southern Sports Central as we continue to do whatever we got to do to bring you what we got to bring you, and that is a five-star show for three solid hours. And, again, like I mentioned, Sunday night is covered with Southern Sports Central. Monday night. Monday night is going to be Everett Sands. He is a former running back at Conway. He ran the ball at the Rock for the Citadel. He also has coached in multiple colleges like NC State, South Carolina, UN, uh, excuse me, uh, San Antonio, that is Texas, San Antonio over there in that big, huge state of Texas. And then he was recently here at Coastal Carolina up on the Grand Strand. His son went to go, of course, at uh, Vanderbilt. So there's There's a lot of things here that are happening. We're excited to bring his brand and what he does in the communities that he touches as well. And then, like I mentioned, on Wednesday, we're going to be getting uh, down and dirty with the guys over there with the high school blitz. They're going to be bringing their show in. And, of course, Eugene and myself will rotate in and out at times, may not have anything to do. But what we do is have three hours of nothing but talking recruiting. That will be a show completely nothing but it will be all focused on the high school athletes and recruiting. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll bring in a lot of guests from around the great state of South Carolina. So, Eugene, as you can see, brother, the momentum is here. The direction is clear. And come Saturday, we'll take another step into some positive directions with the guys, of course, with the Carolina experience. We'll hang out with a lot of the guys that are part of multiple. I mean multiple. Yes, we mentioned the guys at EP Training, but there's other groups of trainers that are going to be there with their brands as well and we are going to continue to grow that relationship. As you heard Ben Moore said, this is a guy that works for 24-7 Sports. It's really dialed in here to Southern Sports Central. Listen to me clear, players and parents. He is telling you right now, this is the guy that does this for a living, get as much film as you can. Go to these camps. Go to these camps. Not one time did you not hear him say go to a camp. I get that some are concerned and this, that, and the other, but live footage is live footage, and, you can go up against your dad all you want. That's great. looks great. And knock down on his butt. It's, but the best film you're going to get, if you don't believe me, that's the big kid up there in North Myrtle Beach, Mr. Chase, who now has multiple offers because he went to these camps, because he's done the things. He's put in the work. He's given the time, Eugene. And now he's not alone because there's multiple guys who have come out of these camps, be it one or the other. And I've seen it at the Infinity Camp, and I've seen it firsthand at the Carolina Experience one, Eugene. And, of course, you'd
3: seen him in Tennessee,
2: big- by the way, at the Colts camp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and one of the
4: biggest things, uh, uh, real quick on, on that is, you know, this is a guy that gets his paycheck from 24-7, and they've hosted their own camps. You know, here's, here's how genuine he was about it. It was like, guys, go to a camp. He gave he gave Coach Wilcox love, who runs Infinity. Now, you know, it, it's really odd that you'd see that or, or hear that, but that's how genuine he is when he's trying to preach to these guys and say, please, you know, Help yourself. I can only do so much. You've got to help yourself. But, you know, and uh, not to let the cat out of the bag too early, we'll, we'll have a big announcement uh, on Monday. Uh, speaking to specialists, yeah, I did see some guys with some major uh, offers come out of that uh, specialist uh, combine and showcase up in Tennessee. Uh, we are putting something together. There will be an announcement. Uh, we're trying to put an announcement out on Monday. Uh, so if you are a specialist in South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, Georgia, Tennessee. If you can make the trip. You really don't. You can be from anywhere. It uh, doesn't matter from freshman to senior, rising to senior. Um, looks like uh, if you want to tentatively pencil something on your schedule, block out September 13th to be at Airport High School in Columbia. Uh, more details. We'll try to drop some on Monday. We're trying to finalize some things. So uh, you know that could be a big event, uh, similar to you know these other showcase camps. We're going to reach out to those guys and see which guys you want to cover uh, with Mr. Brown, this beast, since she's in the area, and uh, try to get some guys, you know, on the radar as well in, in that area.
2: On the radar, on the radio, get them on point, do what we got to do. That's what we are here to do With Southern Sports Central, partnered up with our good friends over there at the high school blitz. It's one team, one dream, and one direction. That is for these young athletes, the class of 2021, 2022, and yet 2023, we'll – Show you a little love as well. Don't forget it was just a couple of hours ago that the Gamecocks, the University of South Carolina, picks up their second quarterback in the state of Georgia, a Georgia state of mind, if you will, as they committed one, Mr. Gunner Stockton. He is uh, the number one guy in what he does in that quarterback position. That's a huge pickup for the Gamecocks, and they continue to load up that stable of quarterbacks, and i got to be honest with you, man, uh, you can only play one guy, and it's only going to be one guy, but I love the competition. We'll see how it pans out. This has been another great show, Eugene. I want to thank the Factory Sports and Fitness Training guys over there off the of 5913 Loftus Road. They're working out as we speak. I know Friday night, by the way, Uh, For the ladies, they are doing a glow party, a glow workout. It's not really a party. It's a workout. So uh, we'll get some information to you out there. I'm working close with the guys about some other things that they're doing. We are going to do a live feed. You just got to get through some of these camps, but we are going to be over there doing some stuff with them as well. Uh, The tent farm's doing some shade around the low country, and they'll bring it to you, whatever you need, your house, your car, whatever you are. Of course, whatever you're doing you need a little shade? Give them a shout at eight four three two nine seven four one three one. Of course, Gurns Pharmacy has been around for quite some time. I want to thank the guys over at Gurns Pharmacy for their love and support of Southern Sports Central. And once th- Thursday starts to kick up, we'll probably be doing some live stuff on the street with them. But Eugene, it's always man, great job there doing what you do best. And uh, you and I will catch up soon, and we'll be back right live again on Saturday in Charlotte.
4: Yeah, no doubt, man. Stay safe. Uh, until then, I'll uh, we'll get the bus running and we'll head to Charlotte on Saturday. Back on Sunday for uh, you know elite training with uh, some of the specialist kickers in the area from around South Carolina, from Augusta to Charlotte, from Columbia and uh, the Lowcountry area here, competing over at the Citadel or working at the Citadel on Sunday morning.
2: That we will. On behalf of Eugene Benton, I am Rich Yalman. This has been Southern Sports Central coming to you live on Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Follow us on the web at Southern Sports Central on Facebook and on SO Sports Central on Twitter. Until next time, stay safe. God bless. We'll see you Saturday in Charlotte, North Carolina, guys. Take care.
1: Leave it better than you found it. It's gonna get difficult to stand, but hold your balance. I just say
3: whatever, cause there is no way you're bound. Cause everyone falls down sometimes. But you just gotta know it'll all be fine. It's okay. Uh, uh, it's okay. It's okay.
1: I oh,